from the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, 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 Eric. Are... <laughs> what, what was that? I mean, you know, I just trying to, I mean, we're 200 plus in. Let's, let's yeah, give them we, something we have different. We more to say to each other, so we <laughs> might as well just sing each other's names. <laughs> All right, listen, we're going to do this abbreviated because we want to get this podcast out because it's already a day late because of the holiday. So we want to get this out. So we're going to be quick for you guys. Let's take care of a couple things. As always, we are powered by ding, ding, ding. Community Cards. And communitycars.com, our partner, our partner for a long time here. They've been supportive of us. They've been supportive of, of NIL efforts in Indiana. And long before us, they've been supportive of IU Athletics. They are a, a, a huge part of the Bloomington community. They employ about 300 people. And if you want to buy a car or lease a car or sell a car, they're the people you call because you know they're good people. You know they care about things that you care about in Indiana. They're in the community for a long time. And they're going to treat you with respect and dignity and make it as easy as humanly possible for you and many others that have done it because they heard it on this show to buy a car. That's it. It's as simple as that. That's it. That's it. And you get three free TVs with every car purchase. There you go. Three full TVs, 80 inches. <laughs> We're pretty sure. Like, we will double check on that. Don't Don't go in asking for that. If they give it to you, then you'll know we were right. Yeah, they just tell us if they don't. If they don't, <laughs> we'll we'll work something back channel. Uh, listen, before we get into IU sports, I do want to just say a follow-up on something that we brought up last week, which was you and your movie, Invaders from Proxima B, made their world premiere, well, made its world premiere. Look, we might, we might need to save the title world premiere for oh, a, a festival or something like that. So it was a a private screening that you and your family graciously attended with about 250 other people. It was crazy. And some Hoosiers who listened to the podcast, who, who came Scott, out to support it as well. Scott Shields was there with his family. I didn't actually get to meet him, but I've been emailing with him. That was so cool of them to come out. Awesome. I sat right behind them. The movie was awesome. It is so good and so fun. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Uh, and and in awe of you for putting that together. I know how much work went into that. It's been a passion project for five years. Yeah. Yep. I mean, when Bo, your daughter, is the co-star of it or a co-star of it, she was a fetus when you shot it, and she is now <laughs> a teenager. So a lot of time has passed, but it was amazing. A lot of Hoosiers involved with it, and I just wanted to give you a special shout-out. I absolutely loved it, and so did my whole family. Thank you very much. Uh, the one quick story, you know, I've at this point in my life, I find it best not to have expectations. Sure. Um, 
sitting there. Indiana basketball has taught us that. As a Colts fan and as a IU fan, let's just show up and maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. If I'd allowed myself expectations for who would show up, how many people, uh, and, and honestly, just the reaction to the film as the film was going on. It's a comedy. You're showing your ass. You know whether it's working or not. And so it was a very, very pleasant surprise. However, uh, as the end credits are rolling and uh, um, I'm, I've am i had to pee for like an hour, right? So I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to duck out because I'm going to have to talk to everybody afterwards. So I'm going to go to the bathroom right now. And my son Porter was there. He had to go too. So I'm like, come on, buddy, let's go. And so we're in the bathroom and then I'm like, I'm washing my hands and I hear, I, and it's kind of like a dream of sort of like out of a dream. I hear the crowd cheering inside and I'm yes. like, oh my Standing God. ovation standing ovation which i'm like porter buddy he's still at the urinal i was like i gotta go i'll see you in there he's like uh okay so i walk in and the whole crowd's on its feet cheering turned around looking for me yes we were like, like oh. what's going on did he leave <laughs> yeah. or did we he didn't... pass out yeah and in my last couple times with films doing this i had left the theater at various points but that was more like i was considering wandering out into traffic sure, uh sure. but this just to come back in and all those lovely um creative supportive loving people uh it was one of the best days of my life i'm so glad you and so many other hoosiers were there who helped make it who are there to support it um so thank you and to to everybody who's well wished me um from the podcast realm of things too and we will do a screening in bloomington sooner or later we will and i think indianapolis too we'll make sure those of you who reached out um i would love for them to get to see it with the crowd, you know, you watch an IU game when it's just you at home and you're going nuts. It's it's cool, but it, you know, a comedy like a basketball game is best shared in in a big group of people who are all there for the same reason. So we'll we'll bring it home for sure. Um. All right. So now let's get to IU athletics. A couple big stories. Number one, IU women's basketball. Wow. Just wow. So they play today. And if they win today, which is a tough game on the road, uh, on the road against Illinois, Terry Morin is the all-time winningest coach in Indiana women's basketball history. Crazy. She's at 188 wins right now, which is tied for the all-time lead. If she wins one more, 189. Huge win against Maryland. I mean, just a top 10 win. They, they gutted it out. It got close and tight, and then they just went on a run. They are such a pleasure to watch. And the best part is that not only did they beat Maryland, they then beat Wisconsin. On Sunday, I believe it was, and they drew over 10,000 fans, the second largest crowd, I believe, in the history of IU women's basketball. Behind the NIT championship? Yes. Yes. Wow. So you've got a team that's a top 5, 10 team in the country. They've only lost one game. They're in competition to win the Big Ten championship. They are a legit Final Four national title contender. Go out and support them if you're anywhere near assembly hall and can get there for a game congrats to terry and hopefully on the next one we get to say congrats for being the all-time winningest coach because 
She deserves it. She's earned it. This team is awesome. Yeah, and go out and support them, not just because they deserve it, but for your own pleasure. Watch a delightful brand of basketball that wins and wins and wins and makes it a pleasure to watch. Couldn't agree more. IU football. We got a quarterback. I mean, that's like, that's the thing you need to have to believe you have a chance. And and it's not just any quarterback. It's a quarterback with deep ties to Indiana University as he is the brother of one Trace Jackson Davis, Taven. And awesome. I mean, he was a huge recruit, recruited by everybody, chose to go to Tennessee, got to Tennessee, didn't love it did get to smoke cigars after a big win against Alabama with his brother and race. That was cool. And then as Tom Allen stayed with the relationship, he entered the transfer portal, committed to Indiana, and clearly, I don't know if he'll be the starting quarterback next season, but is clearly the guy they're looking at to be the quarterback of the future. He's got all the tools, all the talent, all the skill, and it's awesome that it's within that family. It's just awesome. It really is. It feels right. And look, my wife, her, her, her brother, her parents, they all went to IU. And she's like, I got to do something different. And she went to the University of Tennessee for a year. And she was like, oh, this sucks. Okay, I got to go back to Bloomington. I got to be where it's at. So um, Taven is lucky. He will find Ward Roberts, marry him and Mm -hmm. live a great life together. Yep, and and support him while he tries to be an artist. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the big news in football. And now let's get to IU basketball. And as we always do for IU basketball right now, we bring you all the news, rumors, gossip, opinions about IU basketball with our partners. What do I say here? See, I think the fundamental issue we're having is I need to do that, and then you say something, and then Why it leads. You need to do it. You sing the song. No, no, but I thought, like, it feels like you need me to set you up to do the equivalent of powered by. Okay. Otherwise, okay. otherwise, or the other way we go is you just have, you need to ramp yourself into like a catchphrase that leads into the. I song. don't have it, but I. But we don't want to say the partner's name until the song. Is that what we've decided on? Yeah, yeah. Save it for the okay, song. So you go ahead, and then I'll come up with something for a tagline. Do something quick. I'll do something real short. Well, and now it's time for a segment that we all love so much because we're talking about IU men's basketball, and that segment is brought to you by IU Ventures presents a segment without pretense. Who's your hoop live just for you? We're getting there. We'll just keep workshopping it. All right. Listen, IU Ventures, we've been talking about them for weeks now. They are the shark tank of Indiana University. They are the only part of Indiana University that supports entrepreneurs and inventors by actually writing checks and funding their efforts. If you're an inventor, if you have a piece of intellectual property, if you're an entrepreneur and you've got a business idea, they are the place to go to see if you can actually get funding from them. And on the other side, if you want to invest and be an angel investor in these companies that are only developed or run by IU faculty, staff, alumni, students, IU Ventures is for you. Last week, we we highlighted a company. I have another company, Ward, that I'd love to highlight real quick. Let's do it. A company called Confluence Pharmaceuticals. It's a neuroscience company. They're headquartered 
in Carmel, Indiana, and they developed uh, therapies for something called Fragile X Syndrome and Autism Spectrum Disorder. So I looked up Fragile X Syndrome. It, it's, it's awful. I mean, it, it's a developmental uh, disorder. It affects the brain, obviously. It holds back uh, meeting stages in development, holds back personality things. It's awful. And this company is working on coming up with breakthrough treatments. And guess what? The treatments are all developed by uh, the work from a former IU School of Medicine faculty member, Dr. Craig Erickson. He is considered a leader in the Fragile X Syndrome industry. And what what better than a company, IU Ventures, funding? They've put, by the way, $500,000 into this company. They've put Incredible. half a million dollars into this company who's coming up with treatments that truthfully affect kids first. And And if you have kids out there, you know how brutal it is to just be a parent of a kid who does not have a disorder like this, how hard it is. And I, 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 my heart goes to any parent who's dealing with something like this and companies like this are trying to make their lives easier and more importantly, make the kids lives better. And that's what IU ventures has been a part of funding a company like that developed from an IU school of medicine professor. I love it. I love that we're partners with them. What more worthy cause and company could you be partners with? No, it's just something where you can really, really feel good about where the money is going. Um, you know, if it helps the company grow, if it helps your portfolio grow, that's great. But you, you are doing something wonderful in the world like IU Ventures is in supporting endeavors like that. And it does. It makes me very proud to take a moment out of this program that's so, you know, it's we're talking about a game here. We're talking about sports. And this is this is real life stuff that can really make an impact on people and improve their lives. So um very proud to be able to say that that we're partnered with IU Ventures and that they're an active participant in in helping people's lives. All right. So let's do a quick IU basketball recap. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a ton to say this week because in the last seven days, since we did our last podcast, we got boat raced by Penn State on the road in a game that made us look like we didn't belong in the Big Ten. And then we played Wisconsin at home in a first half that looked like the worst basketball that you could ever watch. And in the second half, we looked very good and yeah. we blew them out. They were missing their best player. We're missing a couple of players, but we beat them at home. The reason I don't have a lot to say is because I don't think the Wisconsin game taught us anything. And I'm just not sure yet. I don't feel great about where we are at all, but I don't think the Big Ten is good. I think that you have Purdue at the top, which kills me. And then I watched the Purdue-Michigan State game. I'm like, these teams aren't more talented than us. They're more organized than us, more disciplined. But I think we could rattle off six, seven, eight more wins in this league. And I think we could lose all of those also. I just don't know. And that bothers me, but I don't want to, like, heap on. Look, here's in terms of Arizona to Kansas. We had one good half against Iowa to Northwestern to Penn State to the first half against Wisconsin, uh, a team that had just lost two games and was missing their best player. Yeah, I enjoyed that second half. I enjoyed beating those bastard Badgers. That's that's great. Um, but I'm with you. Like this, this is uh, one. The last 
half of basketball we saw was exciting, was inspiring, but in my mind, it just it doesn't uh, reshape the narrative in any significant way yet. There's just like not yet. We've we've had a big sample size, and look, after um, the the Northwestern debacle last year and losing five games and thinking kind of all was lost on the season, stuff got turned around. And uh, if race can come back in a few weeks, if if X could be a factor um if we can make it to the postseason i'm certainly not writing the season off but what we've seen over the last month plus still is heavily over on the side of disappointing scary um and i do i i love to be an optimist it's kind of all i've had to hang on to um as a iu and colts fan for a long time but uh i just i'm gonna need to see a few games that are good to balance out with quite a few games we saw that were bad and that starts tomorrow night you know which is against illinois at illinois a beatable team that seems to have found a little uh, rhythm for themselves. I think they've won four in a row. But look, I look at the raw statistics for Indiana. I look at Bartorvik, which you know I, I like more than Ken Palm. And I look at Bartorvik's stats against top 100 teams. So this is everybody in the country, their stats against teams ranked in the top 100. We have the 74th ranked offense and the 128th ranked defense. We are 103rd in three-point percentage. We are 232nd in free-throw percentage. Uh, our three-point defense is 290th in the country against top 100. It's just they're not great numbers. They're they're not good numbers. They don't instill confidence, but the games aren't played on bartorvik.com. So beat Illinois tomorrow, win against Pitt Michigan State at home, and you've got to win all your home games now, it seems like. And then it's a different conversation next week. It is. Yeah. Go 0-2, and it's a different conversation next week. So – that I, I just don't want to pile on and focus on the negative. I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm happy how we played in the second half. But I also want to get people to this interview that we have today. I mean, my man, this we we just got done with this interview and now and now we're doing the intro as we'll do sometimes. So we can say if look, nobody's tuning in just to hear you and me yap at the no. top of the show. Um, but look, this this is special. What's about to happen here is special, and you don't want to miss it. If there are children in the car with you or, or somewhere within listening distance, maybe on this one you think twice about letting them listen in. Yeah, let's just let's just put a fine point on it. There's a lot of cursing about to happen. Okay. This guy's awesome. He is unfiltered, he speaks his mind, and he curses. Well, and, and, I'm and sure he I, talks how a lot of us talk when there's no camera on and microphone on. He just doesn't care whether there's a microphone on. And I love it. And Ward loved it. But if you don't like cursing, this is not the one for you. Well, and I will say it like in a couple of places, it goes beyond cursing in terms of what is being trash talking that is being described, which is, again, fantastic for guys like me and you but do this consider this your warning if there's anybody uh a little bit younger that is in earshot younger or squeamish yeah one of those two (laughs) so i love it you know this was a nice follow-up to our earl calloway conversation 
I should say Uncle Earl. And if you stick around, you'll understand why we're calling him Uncle Earl. But this was a perfect follow-up to that. And I'm so happy that this guy decided to talk to us. Uh, his time at IU was short, many sweet moments, some sour ones. And he walks through all of them with a just totally unrestricted, unabashed, unabashed uh, perspective on it. So enjoy. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a very special guest this week. One whose dunk is was so thunderous. I believe you can still hear the echoes of the crowd cheering in Assembly Hall to this day. Eric, who do we have here? Hailing from Montgomery, Alabama, by way of Birmingham, Alabama, in his senior year in high school, where all he did was average 30 points, 13 rebounds, and seven blocks a game. He reached the title game where he had 37 points and 19 rebounds. He was All-State first team. He was ranked 12th in the country uh, by ESPN Recruiting Services. He took his talents to Auburn, where he spent three years at Auburn, led the SEC in field goal percentage his sophomore and junior years. He was all SEC second team. He's the 10th player in Auburn history to score 1,000 points and 500 rebounds. And then he made the best decision of his life. And he transferred to Indiana University, where he was a Big Ten All-Star in 2005. He scored 20 or more points 10 times, four games of 26 or more, 10 games with 10 or more rebounds. He was seventh in the Big Ten in points, fifth in rebounds that year, AP All-American honorable mention that year. And like you said, Ward, one of the – what we were talking about before, one of like the two greatest moments – in Assembly Hall history, memorable moments that we will surely get into. After Indiana, he had a very successful international professional career where he played in places, ready for this, like Turkey, France, Italy, Israel, Russia, South Korea, Puerto Rico, Turkey, and Ukraine. I don't know if I missed one or two there, but I'm sure he'll fill us in later. Uh, this gentleman, I'm just going to be honest here. I was scared to do this interview. I was. Why? Because this dude scared me on the court. He scared me. He scared his opponents. He's a badass MFR. Please welcome Marco <laughs> Billingsworth. What's up, fellas? What's up? That's a badass intro. I got to give you that. You're a badass MFR. I mean, look, man, we, we, we tend to ask questions like uh, to teammates hey, if you were in an alley in a fight, who would you want in the fight with you from your teammates? And Ward and I, whenever we talk to one of your teammates, we're like, well, the answer is Marco, right? Like, the answer is Marco. <laughs> Although Earl, Earl said Lewis Monroe, just to tell you. That's what Earl said. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to win with that fight. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good luck with that shit. Um, now, Lewis, Lewis, Lewis was uh, sneakily crazy. So uh... I know Lewis from Auburn, like, yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that um, – in that moment, you know, he's he gonna fight dirty, so yeah. <laughs> yeah so now now nah, Marco, yeah. for, for having that on court persona, the first thing that hits me here being on Zoom with you for the first time is you just have this warm, charismatic smile that like is very disarming. Uh, would you uh consider yourself more of a of a, a gentle giant off the court? And and you just have this persona on the court, or what? How would you describe yourself? 
You know what? I'm going to say this. Um, excuse my language. I, I did law enforcement when I retired. Oh, okay. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So into law enforcement now. So um, I learned one thing about those I was working inside the jail and the prison that life is about respect. Wow. So I learned that right there and I, I treat everybody with respect. But <laughs> there's always a but to that. And I, I used to I used to see guys wake up in a jail and I was like, these these MFs is uh mental health. Like they're crazy. And I, I learned that what in life, like people wake up on, on BS. So it's like I'm always smiling, you know what I'm saying? But I'm with whatever you want to do. Mm. <laughs> you <laughs> whatever that. you want, I'm on. So I said I'd be chilling. So tell tell us, is that what, what you're doing right now? You're are you in the Atlanta area and working in yeah, law I'm, enforcement? Give us an update yeah, yeah. on what you're doing. Man, I was I'm working at Newton County as a deputy sheriff out there, and I work up in the jail and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I started my own security company and um, doing stuff on the movie because they shoot all the movies here. Yeah, and I um, and I did a couple movies. Uh, White man can't jump. They're bringing another one out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to I think it's twenty twenty four. Um did they try to I get was, you to come in and be like on one of the teams? Uh no, 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 no. They asked what I was doing the security. Man, when I say it's some some of the easiest money you can make. <laughs> you know, first of all, I, I'm big as hell. Nobody's gonna uh, crazy enough to grab me. And uh it's just easy money and I tell everybody man, I actually like law enforcement, it's actually easier than um Playing basketball, you ain't gotta worry about no scratching, no holding, no 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 nothing. Right. You know. What what drew you to that after your basketball career? Did you had you always been thinking you wanted to go that way? When I was at Auburn, I had was getting my, my degree in criminal justice. I always wanted to do something with law enforcement. Um and when I came home, I was just trying to figure it out. I was trying to figure it out, like, man, what I'm gonna do when I retire. And um I just thought about shit. Let me let me try to uh try this. I mean, they take you with no experience and they teach you. And I was a, uh, I tell people it's a difference between a police and a fucking sheriff. Cause sheriff, they put you in a prison and let you deal with people personality. Mm. Because uh, criminals is criminals. They just coming back and forth. But you uh, you understand. Like if uh, if I was um if I was an officer and I pulled up to my house, how big I am, tattoos, everything. I'm gonna think twice about. Cause I'm on your ground. I'm gonna think of twice about what am I doing. The police is they will hire hire an 18 year old kid fresh out of high school, give him a gun. Mm. I'm gonna think twice as a sheriff, like nah, that's a big son of a bitch. I don't know if I'm gonna mess with him. <laughs> so I'm gonna wait to back. I'm back up. Wait to my uh my my my, my back. I'm gonna go sit back in this car until I get like 10, 10, 10, 10 guys with me, and then okay, let's go get him. Mm. See, uh, uh, police is just they hire 18 year old boy. Give him a gun. That's why you see a lot of shoot. You re- you rarely hear about sheriffs killing these people. Mm. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's think about that for now. Yeah, think yeah. about it. Uh, um, is working in prisons uh, scarier or or more um, intense than you thought it would be, or is it about what you thought it would be? I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Nobody fucks with me. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody just gonna fuck with me. <laughs> I'm um I'm now I'm um when I was playing I was 270 then I went overseas and um when I went overseas I um I tell people I can tell the difference between the food we eat here in America 
and the food we eat over there, like they said, a lot of processed stuff like that. I ate the same thing, chicken wings, stuff like that. And I got down, when I played at Indiana, I was 270. I got down to 230. And I played wow. for like 10 years at 230. And I eat the same bullshit. I come back here. <laughs> I come back here and I had to switch my diet when I got older. I had to switch my diet up. And I tell people, man, I eat very, very clean. You know, I don't eat too much meat. I eat fish every freaking at least six days a week. And hell, I done put on 60 pounds of muscle. Wow. So I said, I know it's the difference with people here. I said, just go to Europe. You want to lose some weight, go to Europe and just eat the same way. I the potato ask... chips, the McDonald's, to all that shit. Huh. How, how did that affect your game dropping 40 pounds? Everybody was small. Ah. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. Everybody's small. So you can come over that big all you want. I said, you're not going to be big like that. Not that long. You know, right. you're not going to be big like that. Oh, nah. It's um, different. Yeah. Do I you... just have to imagine you were, you were running up and down the court twice as fast, jumping higher, getting off your feet faster, maybe even even extended your career losing all that. It, it did. And um, it really did. Like, I play basketball every day. Still, I, 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 in my career, I had um, two tore patellas and I had two bones that was in my body that I didn't know nothing about because I never had injuries. And I did and I broke the bone on both of them that, that uh, some, some bone that is supposed to be there inside of my knee. It was growing from the back of it. It was pushing on the patella and it just snapped in uh, my career. And um, maybe I did, maybe like five years later, um, I was at home. And uh, as a matter of fact, I had a job offer. And um, one of my guys like, like, Marco, you still can play? I said, come on, you know I stay in shape year-round. He was like, um, come to Australia and play. And I was going to play with Lamel uh, Ball before he went to the uh, league. Oh, wow, yeah. And I was like, shit, sure, no problem. I'll do it. That Sunday I had a game, like the uh, 35-up league game. Got in there, to my other and the other. And I was like, fuck, it just uh -huh. wasn't meant for it. Mm. Had an offer, yeah, to come play. For a hundred thousand dollars for two months, and oh. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna take this. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna go take this easy money. And in my career, they didn't need me. They didn't need a lot. They need twenty minutes for me. And then I tore that thing out. and called my boy Jermaine. Like, man, I can't play. I, I gotta have surgery. He was mm. like, he was like, yo, dumbass, you messed up. I was like, man, what I'm gonna try to break it. Right. Who wakes yeah. up and want to hurt themselves? So uh, I got two two questions for you. One, I'm going to start with. You said you still play. Do you like how I just imagine that if you're playing like a pickup game and there's a new guy playing and you come walking on the court, I mean, you got to like how it makes the other guy looks like how Ward was looking just now, eyes wide, jaw on the ground, scared to death. You you like that you can intimidate guys a little bit. Come on, look, you're smiling now. <laughs> You know what? And I tell people this. Um, oh, you pussy. Second thing. <laughs> second thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> I, like I said, I respect everybody, but I know without a doubt me going to Auburn and going to Indiana with the coaching staff and playing professional, learning stuff like that. I know you don't know much as I do. Mm, I right. didn't forgot more stuff than you learned. Not being uh, arrogant about it, but I have. Like I forgot about drops that when they did, when they teach us this, they don't even teach that no more. Mm. So 
when I play against these uh, uh, young kids and I and I just literally like the game is so slowed down in my mind. So it, it, it's, it's too easy. Too, 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 too easy. All right. You and still, then the second you, part oh, of sorry. my the, sorry, the second part of it is you stopped. I, I believe you stopped what around 2017 playing professionally. Is that right? Uh, 2017, yeah, I came back and got another job. And, um, yeah, I, I, that's when I toured. Got and, it. Um, and, um, I came home, I had toured January the 7th, had the surgery on the 17th. And, uh, the crazy thing is they supposed to take a year and a half. I healed so freaking fast. Mm. And, and, and I took a job in August, uh, in, in Portugal. Oh, okay. And, um, and played a little half of the season. I just, I knew my career was over, but I was like, you know what? It's easy to go get a little money. Yeah. And I still dominated out there, but it was like uh, overseas basketball compared to the NBA. And I tell people, you better hope you get your money. Because <laughs> really? it ain't nothing guaranteed. Everybody, I can go overseas. I can go overseas. That's another hell you can't. It's not about basketball. Are you going to get your money? Understand the language. You know, when you get off that plane, they put you in a nice house, car, everything. Do you know where the grocery store is at? Hmm. See, I say, like, it's little small stuff. Basketball is fucking basketball, you know. Um, but just that, are you going to get your money? You know, I used to tell kids, it just, it's having a personality, too. Like, the crowds, like how, how Pat Beverly, I played against Pat Beverly. He was in uh, St. Petersburg. He do all that antic crap. The fans love that stuff. Here, hmm. People don't really care about that stuff. They just want to see scoring. Like how Pat Barry doing all to the crowd and everything. That's what get, keeps you a job. Right. If you're not, if you're not dominating. Yes, if you're not dominating. So, yeah. If you're not dominating, you got to do that. So, do you um, – you're a competitive guy. You play basketball your whole life, and, and obviously you're still playing. But do you miss that competitive thing of being on a professional team and how have you replaced that in your life? Has, has there been an adjustment period for you? Man, I tell anybody, man, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, you gotta go see when you retire. Cause I've been playing ball since I was eight years old. And, um, my first year I had to go see a psychiatrist because I wake up on Sunday, like, fuck, you got a game. It ain't no more games. Right. You know, your body is controlled to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, you know, I'm still dieting, still eating a certain way. I still work out twice a day. You know what I'm saying? Still doing this. So it's like, man, you know, you better go see somebody. I tell any young kid, man, you know, life after basketball, you know, uh, when you ain't, that popcorn ain't popping no more, you ain't them lights, nobody screaming your damn name. You got to figure something out. You need to go see somebody to talk to them. You know, oh. and, and you really do. It's such a unique thing for professional athletes who do start as children and then you're, you, you, you basically go half your life. This is you. This is your identity. And now you've got another half of your life to figure out who you are. Right. And, and I tell people, and this, it sounds bad, but I talk to athletes about it. The younger athletes, I was like, you're one injury away to be a normal cat. Mm-hmm. You're one injury away. I said, when I tore that knee, and they was, I never forget this. We were playing in, I was in Israel, we were playing in a, in a pooler. And, um, playing in a pooler, and, and they was pressing it. I grabbed it, and I hit the guy. I was going to dunk it. As soon as my foot touched the free throw line, my leg just went out. Mm. And I, and I lift weights. Anybody can tell you, ask everybody. He works out every day like a, like a crazy madman. I worked out that morning and everything. My knee 
stopped. And I fell over. And I, and I, I seen, you know, when they say when you're going to die, your life flashed for y'all. I seen myself when I was a kid, hooping, AAU. I seen Indiana. I see all that stuff. When I just seen it, and like all that, all the flashes just came to my head. I knew it. It's, it's over with. I ain't going to never be the same. I know I ain't going to be the same. It's just wow. not. Well, that's well, a perfect segue into the time machine. Yeah, let's get in that time let's machine let, and go back. Let's jump in yeah. there and and let's go back to young Marco. Mm-hmm. What's what's like your your first memory of the game of basketball, of 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 falling in love with it, of being like, "Ooh, this is great. I want to do this." We used to be in the backyard, man, and I'm and I tell young kids that y'all don't know about that. We used to go to uh like in Montgomery, we had uh Win Dixie. I don't know if y'all had a Win Dixie in Indiana. You Win Dixie. So I used to uh I, I remember uh my brother them used to tear the rim down before I can dunk with and I'm I'm maybe like seven, eight years old, but we used to go play two on two. And uh, my brother a year above me, um he, I used to just play against him and my two older brothers. So we'll tear the crate down, you know, shoot through it. Mm. So, you know, keep nailing it back up. And my brother told me, he said, Marco, you're going to be tall, taller than your brother. My brother told me, you're going to be taller than him. So you might want to take this professionally. And wow. I'm fucking eight years old. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure something else out. I, you know, I'm eight. And then um, <laughs> I started noticing playing with them, you know, because everybody used to shoot with two hands. To yeah. one hand to learn to get stronger, doing push-ups and stuff like that. So every, all the kids in the neighborhood, I used to just it used to be so fucking hot in Montgomery. Even when I go back home, I was like, "How did I do this? Hot as fuck." What <laughs> <laughs> was I outside for? So like, so like, and the kids, uh, well, my friends that come over and they was like, "Yo, play against Thomas. Don't play against Marco." I was younger than all of them. Like he, like they was like, "He can go. He can play." Don't don't fuck with him, you know. Don't let him trick you. So I used to have playing horse and stuff like that. And as I'm thinking about it, you, asked me, I'm smiling now. Like man, I used to kick everybody ass. <laughs> I used to kick everybody ass. They was now, ten. I'm seven, eight. Now wow. I I imagine that when you were born, you were about six foot seven and two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> I feel like that's how you came out of the womb. But when were you always big? Like at eight years old, were you bigger than most? And my brother, yeah, yeah. See, and uh, it's the crazy thing I tell people: you would never think this shit in Alabama. It's twenty-five of me walking around. Mm, really? People don't come and recruit in Montgomery. People don't. I got all my looks for playing AAU. I didn't know what the fuck AAU was. One of my friends, uh, the Taylor twins, um, one played with the Wizards, one played overseas too. And um, they, I, I know you remember when UAB they they played at UAB. It was 2002-3. They playing against Kentucky and some twins. They, they won an ESPY. Grabbed the ball and they just threw it over his head. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah. All of them went to high school together. But they asked me, Marco, you want to play AAU? I don't know what the fuck that is. You <laughs> like, you, you want to come play basketball? All right. Go in there. And then I remember, remember the coach. He was like, you want to come back next week? I was like, sure, sure. I come back. I asked my mama. She said, okay. Come back. And i never forget this. I was in Winn-Dixie. And I picked up a Street and Smith. And I was in the 10th grade when I played uh, AAU, going to the 10th grade. And my name was there for honorable mention. And I didn't have a fucking clue. I just picked the magazine up and just started looking through it. 
And I saw my name. I told my mom. My mom started screaming, oh, you're famous. I was like, I don't know about famous. But they said honorable mention. So I called my boy. I said, like, what the fuck is honorable mention? What does that mean? <laughs> he was like, you're going to get ranked. You just continue playing. All right. I gave me something to do. Awesome. So, I mean, the seed was planted for a professional career when you were eight by your brother. Uh, now you're getting ranked honorable mention, Street and Smiths. At, like, at what point do you really start seeing the path? Like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, and it'll get me to college, and it'll get to the pros. Were Were you locked in at that point? Still not locked in. I st- I'm still not taking this shit serious. Uh, my dad was a garbage man for 42 years. That was what I wanted to do. I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm gonna get if I don't get recruited, I'm gonna um become a garbage man. That was my job. That was my I was gonna do that. I ain't have no thoughts of going to college because none of my brothers and sisters then went to college. Nobody graduated high school. I'm the first person to do everything. Wow. So I, that, that's not even in my mind to you know that's still surreal. And two, my junior year, I go to um I go the Al- University of Alabama invited me to come uh to the game and it's uh, tell you this who was at the game was playing. Peyton Manning was last year. He was at Tennessee. Wow. And, Sh- and Sean Alexander was at Alabama. Oh was a junior. My God. That's good I shit. Go to, yeah I go watch that game and fuck this Peyton fucking Manning. I'm gonna go watch fucking Peyton. And uh shout out to Peyton too cool dude because he used to come to our games me and was chopping up and talk when I was at Indiana. We with the coach. Yeah, awesome. yeah. That is yeah, amazing. Cool, cool guy, dude. Um uh, go there and then uh Alabama uh the coach was like, if you don't go to college, I mean uh, if you don't um if you don't if you don't want to come to Alabama, he's like, fuck going to Auburn. You want to come to Alabama, you can go to the pros. I was like, You think I'm that good? <laughs> so my, my high school coach was like, I, we telling you this. I'm gonna tell you who I was. And I laugh about it. I said, I just came out in the wrong area. I was Zion. I was mm-hmm. fucking Zion. Yeah. I didn't jump as much as high as it, but big, left-handed, strong, just bully. These little guys, I can put it on the floor, everything. And um, I was ranked number three power forward in the nation. Behind Uzman C. So he got one out of high school. Yep. Uh, Kwame Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody know Kwame. And then yep. it was me. And then David Lee that played with the Warriors, played in Florida. That was, that was the four. And then uh, uh, um, Shannon Fry was the field power forward. Wow. And were, were you mi- who were you mixing it up with on the AAU circuit back in the day? Who were some of the guys you saw coming up? Tyson Chandler, I fucking destroyed him. Um, <laughs> fuck, I remember dunking on him. He grabbed my arm. I, I had crazy, crazy fucking bounce. They don't know how. And and I see guys, I tell I say, there's so many of us. Um, walking around in Alabama, like I said, nobody recruits us. If you do, you can be six nine just walking around, end up working at um, fucking Winn Dixie or uh, Walmart. You got big ass kids, it's big ass fucking 250, 11, in 11th grade, 250, 250, just work there. And they playing A, not AAU, but they playing uh, high school ball. And you're like, they know they're not going to college because no college come down there. Huh. You know, to try to root. Only choice you got is Alabama State. Stand wrong with Alabama State. You know what I'm saying? They start recruiting me in the ninth grade. They said, "Now nah, you, you you're bigger than us." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They was like, "Nah, you ain't." Wrong. So there might be 25 guys that that look like you. However, 
only one has your name. And I want to talk about the name for a second because Marco Killingsworth <laughs> is about the baddest ass name. My name's Eric Pankowski. Okay. No one's getting scared. That guy's name is Ward. That's his name. Like, I actually know some, some, some guys I play with, Perkowski, played in Ukraine, was a fucking badass. All right, there we go. That's what no, I relation. no relation. No relation. No uh, relation. And a war, too. I know some wars, too, that was badass. Shoot the did, shit out of the Well, ball. they're not on this call. Did you, <laughs> oh. did, you, uh, did you love your – did you know how cool your name is? Do you still today – I mean, you've got the coolest name ever. You know, it's crazy. Um, and I tell people that I said, I, I love my name, Kill. Everybody just called me Kill. And it's like, I fucking hate writing that long ass name. Fuck. <laughs> but I, I love to sign it, but they said print it. I'll be looking at people like, that's like fucking 14 letters. What the fuck? <laughs> I, gotta, I said, I've been fucking wrote my, uh, printing my fucking name since fucking grade school. What the fuck. Okay. But yeah, well, it is. Oh, go ahead. Well, I say, and it's hard to put it on the fucking jersey, all the way on the jersey. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Overseas, they 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 they'll forget the uh, th at the end and shit like that. It's crazy. <laughs> well, like now, I uh I have not had uh cool stuff with my name like you have, but I've had a lot of leave it to Beaver jokes with Ward Cleaver. So uh -huh. I have to imagine how how often when you like get into the pool, are people like. Marco, and then somebody else, Polo. Is that something you have to shut down a lot that annoys you? Oh, oh, oh me and my son, my son, Marco uh, uh, Jr., he don't like it either. I never like Marco, Polo. I hate it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, fuck. as soon as somebody drops that, you're like, you're out. You're, we're yeah, done. Yeah, 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 you're dead. You're dead to me. Um, right, but so you know, what's, yeah, you know what's crazy? Only the, like, now I get in a pool. don't have a fucking clue what Marco Polo is. Oh, really? okay. Only the old way. If I hear it, I hear it from an older person that know the game because kids don't play anymore. So All Marco right. Polo, he, he they wouldn't know. Well, so I my mean, sons, that, like, he hear older people say it. Yeah, that's to me that joke has died out with like because it was the generation above me that watched Leave It to Beaver. So now what I got barrage with exactly, and now it's kind of done. So. All right. Let's be well, honest. Marco Polo is the worst game ever, so I'm glad it's dying out. I mean, it's a shit game. All right. So now I want to ask you something uh, somewhat serious. In looking at your your life and career, I mean, I listed all the places you played professionally, which is intense. How many you played at? Um, you played at two different colleges, but you moved around a lot in high school as well. Um, and I know your family circumstances led you. You even, I think at one point I read that you were going to play for a high school, a new high school going into your senior year. And then the high school closed before you even got there and you had to go somewhere else. How did just moving around, I think you played at what, three or four different high schools in high school. How did yeah, that just yeah. impact your life? Man, you know what? It's crazy how, and I, I was talking to my, um, my fiance about that. You know, and I was telling her, um, it's crazy how God does stuff for you. And he already set you a, a path when you, you know, just to basically like uh, show you a little bit of it and then show you how later on. I said, and high school, I went to like four high schools. My um, ended up graduating Central Park. And then I said, I go to college and transfer to school. 
And then when I started playing professional, I, I, um, I go with Orlando Magic and free agent with them. But then I end up going to Europe. And I never would sign a two-year deal. I was like, fuck no. Because teams, were, they know they got to pay you two years. They will give you, say you sign for half a million dollars. So 250 one year and 250 the next year. They will give you 200 of it the first year. It's, oh, when you come back next year, we'll give you the rest. No, uh, give me my fucking money now. Right. So, and I and I tell kids that, and I was like, no, nah, man, sign one year deal. And then after they give your money, sign back again. Now don't play with me. Because uh, if, if I don't show up for practice or game, you will find me. But right. just, move, just moving around. So it was never for me to adjust. I go places, I adjust, man. I don't, as I got older, man, I was like, man, listen, give me the internet, show me a, a coffee shop and um, fucking have my money on time. I don't give a damn about that. No. But, do you, but do you think that your high school experience and moving prepared you so that it was easier up for it. professionally? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Set me up for it. I can go in any situation, man. I don't be, I don't be tripping, man. I'm nothing, man. Like literally what's, nothing. What's I, your coffee drink? What are you at a coffee shop? What are you? Are you a frappuccino guy? No, I'm. I'm. I'm you give me American, man. Just regular <laughs> black coffee. Black coffee, brother. Yes. But you know, with, every now but, and then. But with um oat milk. You like oat milk? Just give me milk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ain't tell that that oak is not. I, I I burn so much, man. I, man, I probably burn at least no bullshit. Maybe like four or five thousand calories. A, a day, man. I burn. I, I I eat what I want, and I just drink whatever I want, and I I burn. I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's now get into recruiting um, for college. You're you're tearing it up on the high school scene, and virtually everybody in the southeast is recruiting you, and some other schools, um, including Indiana, right? I, I which I did not realize until I did some research on you. Uh, I believe Mike Davis was at Indiana recruiting you. He was an assistant coach. Yep. Um, so tell us about the recruitment overall and what that was like for you. And also, um, and also, cause you're a straight shooter. I got some other questions I want to ask about recruiting, yeah. but um, <laughs> tell us about recruiting overall and then how Indiana uh, first introduced themselves to you. So, you know, you, they got AAU national down there. Uh, Bob, Bobby Knight was the coach then. And what's crazy. I, they was, they was on my ass hard. And, um, but you know, um, it was when I went to school off the, um, school in North Carolina and, uh, DC and in Birmingham, my mom then wasn't coming into my games like that. So I was like, you know, I want to find me a situation that's cool. So Indiana was like, you know, we'd be on TV so much. Shit. I was like, yeah, but if my mom and them were going to take that drive, nah, they ain't taking that drive. Mm. So, so, um, you know, I had the Mississippi State, all the SEC schools was on me hard. And Auburn, and I just, I was like, well, you know what? And one of the, um, who was it? Benson Yarbro to play that Tennessee. Benson mm -hmm. Yarbro, the one Kobe did it around the back and dunked it and did a uh, thing. So Benson Yarbro, cool guy, man. He said, uh, big fella, let me tell you something. I, I was at ABCD camp. And uh, he said, when you pick your thing, stay in state. Because whatever happens to you, if you're not playing good, the alumni want to see their in-state boys play. And I tell kids this now. I'm going to Mississippi State, and I'm from Alabama. I say, okay, you might. But when they, if you're 6'10", and, and that kid, home state guy, 6'10", who the hell you think they want to uh, see on that floor? 
Cause them boosters paying money for uh, you know for y'all jersey and all that stuff. That they want to see their in-state boys, unless you just a bad some bitch <laughs> that they gotta play. But if you in between, your ass gonna be in between on that bench. <laughs> so, and also like I think something you know we talk about a lot at IU for in-state players in particular. It's like look, who knows how the hoops career is gonna go, how long it's gonna last. But if you're an in-state kid who goes to the in-state school, when when the ball stops bouncing, those alumni will want to take care of you. Yeah, I can come back up there right now and say I want a job and I can get a fucking job. And here's this fucking cold, me, bro. I was like, I ain't, I was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> that shit is so fucking cold. No, uh-uh. I was like, my country ass was walking around. I said, how y'all do this? I think I think you spent too much time around the Mediterranean because Alabama's too hot and Indiana's too cold. Yeah, yeah. It was the first year I saw that year I sat out, right? Yep. When I sat out. And I never forget this. It was May like second, and uh, I was going to um, a summer school class because we had to be on campus. And I literally walked in the door, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna walk across the street because I stay. I forgot the name of that apartment complex across the street from the uh, bus station, where, where you can get the Dallas? transit. Maybe, maybe. Okay. And um, I was like, fuck, it's snowing. It's fucking May. <laughs> man, I'm like, fuck that. Nah, bro. I said, man, what the fuck did I sign up for? I signed up for some bullshit. But, I, I, but my thing was like, like, just, you got to make do, bro. All I was thinking there, I was like, they're going to be on TV 29 times. And the SEC, you know, Auburn, when I got there, they had Chris Porter there the year yeah. before. It was ranked number one. So that was what it was easy. It's 30 minutes from Montgomery. And I was like, you know what? Um, the stuff I did in the SEC. Let me get on TV, like uh, on a national level, because you get the Jefferson Pilot bullshit games, and that one Florida had Udonis Haslam, Mike Miller, all them, and um, freaking uh, Joe Johnson was there uh, at Arkansas. Um, well, real good. Kentucky had Kentucky was Kentucky. Keith Bogut, yeah. um, uh, Tayshawn Prince was my freshman year with his senior year. You got guys like this. So we was never the main target. They was going to see them. And they said, ah, oh, fuck it, we'll put Auburn on, camp- on TV. So I was like, if I got an opportunity to be on ESPN, ESPN U, uh, ESPN 2, or the main ESPN, and I can show people what I can do, oh, it's over. I'm going to NBA. I just need the opportunity. And that was my, how Mike Davis sold it to me. Mm. He was like, man, he was like, bro, you know, and he's from Fayetteville, Alabama. Yeah. And, and yeah, he was like, man, listen. You do what you do in the SEC. You do this shit here, and I'm gonna get you that fucking ball every time. He's like, "Come and play AAU." Went on. I went on a visit there, and um, DJ. I've been knowing DJ since we were kids. You no know, AAU. Been knowing DJ for years. Um, then I had Pat Ewing Jr. and they had Sean Klein. They had uh, Mike Roberts, my boy. Mike, funny as shit. <laughs> and, boss man. And, boss man. Yeah. So. <laughs> First time we got there, I remember boss guard me. Like, this is easy. This is this is this is barbecue. This is barbecue. <laughs> and him and him and him and Sean. I always thought Sean, I remember playing against Sean AAU. And I, I, I knew Sean was fucking good, but the, the Sean Klein we said Indiana, I was like, you like a fucking bum. That the AAU Sean was a dog. Mm. He was just like, mm. get my degree, bro. I'm wow. just trying to get my fucking degree. So I was like, I ain't got nobody to fight for. So 
I'm going to come in here and do what the hell I want. <laughs> Tear it up. I ain't got nobody to fight me. When I was in the SEC, I had Brandon Robinson, Kyle Davis. He led the nation in shot blocking. If you miss practice, miss a class, you're not playing. Here, it's like, I got nobody to fight me. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, let's do whatever. Let's slow down because I want to get there. First, I want to ask about something I read to see if it's true or not. I read that Indiana was in the running to land you when you came out of high school, but then you heard about Neil Reed and that situation with Bob Knight, and that made you go, I don't want to go play for Bob Knight. Is that true at all? No, yeah, yeah, that is definitely true. When he choked that boy, I said, shit, no. Because <laughs> I know me. <laughs> I know my personality. No. And, and, and you know what's crazy? A.J. Moyer, A.J. still my boy. Yeah. Um, A.J. Moyer. Uh, uh, what about Jeff Newton? Were you friends with Jeff? I know Jeff, but I don't know Jeff. Okay. Got it. But A.J. had been playing A.J. And Jeff, Jeff, we played against the AAU, but I ain't really talk to him. A.J. talk a lot of shit. So <laughs> you're going you gonna, to you gonna know A.J. Yeah. Good dude, though. Yeah, you A.J. real good dude. So yep. A.J. was like... Um, like, um, let me tell you something. He said, if you play hard, Bobby, they don't have no fucking problem with you. He going to take care of you. He said, all you got to do is fucking play hard. He said, Michael, you'll never have a problem with him. He said, I said, I could have came out of high school. He said, you would have did good, but you can't, uh, uh, if you bullshitting, he going to do it. I said, but why he choked the guy? You want to hear some of the most fucked up racist shit I ever heard? Yeah. He, he only choked the white guys. You never told the black guys. I said that's some fucked up backward ass shit. They was like, yeah. They was like, yeah. He he choked the white guys. I was like, what? But they they, they and, and and I heard that it, uh, only black guy I heard he choked was was um well Isaiah. Um, what the other? Not 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 Chine, uh, uh, Chaney, not him. It was a uh, uh, AJ guy. Or you choked him, <laughs> and it was name is. They said because he because they played like a pussy, but <laughs> that's what I heard. So all right. um, wait, all right, I want to go. I love it. So I want to take a step back to recruiting. You were like you said, you were one of the highest ranked recruits, highest ranked power forwards, and you're living in SEC country, which we know back then and probably today they didn't always play by the rules when it came to recruiting. So give us something good from the recruiting trail. Did you get offered anything really good that you passed up? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, money wise, yeah, they offer that. Um, like all the all the schools out there was fucking um crooked back then. Like you talking about cars. Um, I remember one school offered me my mom um offered us uh, a house. And, and my mom and dad a uh, job just to move mm. to Texas. To Texas, they weren't the SEC, but they uh, moved to Texas. They were Big Twelve. And um, and my mom will never forget this. She was cooking fried chicken. I said, "Mom, they uh, I got off of this right here. They gonna get us a, a I think it was a Navigator and you a house." She said, "I ain't moving no fucking where." I said, "Well, you heard that." Click. <laughs> <laughs> so it was on a Sunday. I never forget this. It was on Sunday, and uh, but like. Uh, everything from from money to fucking um that like 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 the schools was was pay I don't know I don't know what's going on now but I'm happy that they can pay them kids because it's yeah I got I got I got stuff and I tell people this is fucked up but it's I'm so happy that the kids get paid now 
2002-03 season, um, my sophomore year. So we got $80 uh, in a tournament a day, like a DM, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember when everybody, uh, you remember Nelly? Nelly had that song, Air Force One. Come on, I'm from St. Louis. Of course I know Come on Nelly. Now. Come on now. So uh, I was, we was in uh, St. Saint Petersburg, and we played uh, St. Joe's. And I found a fucking pair of fucking all black Air Force One. And they was $81. We got $80. I didn't have money for taxes. Oof. And, and, and but, they, but, but every round we went up, I think they, the school was getting a million dollars. Mm. They make all that fucking money off the players, but fucking you ain't got money for taxes. You ask the coach for something, it's illegal. That's bullshit, man. That's fucking yeah, bullshit. I, so them kids, I'm happy I, they get fucking paid. But yeah. when, like, when your mom said she ain't moving, did any part of you be like, Mom, they're going to give us a house and a navigator, or you didn't even think about it. It was Mom said it, and so that was it. No, it is. She ain't going. So, uh, I mean, that's I'll tell you this. That Penny Hardaway stuff, like um, offering jobs and, and cars and shit, yeah, it was like that. I always was like, you know, when they started telling me I'm that good, I still wasn't believing the hype. Mm. Because I'm like, everybody around here, you know, good, you know. Um, but just believing the hype, I was like, nah. I, 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 I always enjoy, if I knew you got a name, I'm going to tell your ass up. <laughs> I, just, I just, like, like I, I remember when I left Indiana, so um, we coming out. So Tyrus Thomas, you remember Tyrus Thomas at LSU? Mm-hmm. So so my agent was like, um, "Let's get a uh, get a get a get a workout between uh, uh, Tyrus Thomas." And his agent said, "Fuck no, mm-hmm. we're not doing that with Marco." <laughs> Hell no, because when you get them NBA workouts, you got like Tyrus bigs and two guards play two on two. He's like, "Hell no," he said, "You're gonna destroy his ass." I was like, "Man, if you got a name, I'm gonna tell your ass up." <laughs> that's it point black this, period this is great let's i want to drill down into it a little bit like clearly this is a motivating factor for you is to like tear up somebody who's hyped up more than you but to put in the work day in and day out for from childhood through you know well into your 30s Obviously, at at certain point, there's a paycheck that comes into the equation, too. But even getting to that, if you weren't really believing the hype and you weren't so sure about the NBA stuff, like where where does that drive come from you to to keep putting the work in and getting better? Was it like because now you're like, oh, I do want to go to college and then I do want to go to the pros or like, did you really also just like enjoy basketball? Was, is, was it? Fun for it's you. It's always been. It's always been ba- been basketball, right? It's always. Uh, this in life. Chase the passion. Always chase the passion. Always, cause the money gonna fucking come. Never forget my agent at the time, Dave Gasman, told me that. He said, "Man, listen." I was like, "Um, um, I think in my second year, I remember this guy Dior Fisher with the uh, West uh, West." West uh West Virginia. He was seven foot. I was like, I had fucking 40 points and 20 rebounds. How the fuck he's making a million dollars and I'm making a quarter of a million? I said, that don't add up. We beat that team. And I, he said, Marco, he's seven foot. Just continue doing what you do. He said, that money gonna come. I said, you know what? Fuck it. You're right. Because what got me here, basketball, by busting people ass. Continue busting people ass. Well, you know what? My money was just climbing like this. It's climbing, climbing, climbing. Eventually got to a million dollars. But yeah, wow. just, just 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 that, you know what I'm saying? 
chase the passion, bro. Like I, I enjoy, like, you know, Kobe was real big on, you know, get up doing something different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 um, go put the hard work in, like, uh, like get up at six o'clock in the morning. I was overseas, I would get up at 6 a.m. before my practice and just go lift weights. Yeah, I just go lift fucking weights. Go sit in the sauna, jacuzzi, you know what I'm saying? Um, to go um, to practice and just, 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 I'm serious, like just destroy somebody. Like I want, can I get 40 today? It got to a point that the shit is so easy. I'll tell you this, end of my, the end of my career, I know every move you're going to do on that block. I tell people I'm a specialist down there. I know every move you're going to do. And then by the time I turn 34, these kids are 21, 22. And all of my guys that we grew up, they wasn't in shape. So they was getting cut. So I wasn't having, having fun playing basketball no more. So I was like, I'm going to get my 20 points, write it down. My 10 rebounds, write it down. I used to tell those kids, hey, man, pass the ball, man. Because you got the ball and your foot is up. Only thing you can do is spin baseline. When, when I cut you off, you're going to spin back. Just get the ball and give it the fuck away. <laughs> and they was like, damn, OG. I was like, yeah, man, I know everything you're going to do. Just get a fucking ball up. So I wasn't, I wasn't even having fun anymore. Mm. And I told my daughter, told my daughter, I said, when I knew my, my career was over, I was like, uh, well, I was on the phone with her, with FaceTime, and I was like, but daddy got to go to work. When I started calling the job, it was over with. Mm. Interesting. All right, so let's go to uh, you're at Auburn. Your coach, after your junior year, gets fired, right, at yeah. Auburn. Yeah. Were you – if your coach didn't get fired, I assume you would have stayed at Auburn. No, you – yeah, you would have stayed? Well, I leave. Right. Okay, so – your coach leaves. Um, now, this is a different world of college basketball because if you do transfer, you only got one year left. You got to sit out a year, which is a big deal. Um, you know, an, another year on the body, another year older, NBA looks at age, all that stuff. That was my biggest downfall, the age shit. It was right. like he's supposed to dominate, and I was, uh, uh, was 23, 23 years old, and they was just like, he's supposed to dominate. And um, – yeah, just sitting out that year, but it, it helped me. At the end yeah, of the so day, let's talk about that. Like, wh- how did you make the decision to, you know, wh- I, mean, I think you already said Mike Davis told you come up to Indiana. I'm going to give you the ball every time. Um, but how did he convince you to sit out a year uh, instead of just doing one more year at Auburn and going pro? He didn't because I declared for the draft. Right, right. And I worked out for the uh, Pacers, and I worked out for the freaking um, Hawks. And I took my name out of driver. I had no agent. So when I was coming back, they had hired Jeff Lebo. And I was like, I'm not playing for this fucker. This <laughs> motherfucker gonna um this motherfucker gonna sign a six five guy, six three guy. I said, it's the fucking SEC. He's not fucking because he was at Tennessee State, Tennessee, Texas, something. I don't fucking know. He's the one of them bullshit small school. And he was trying to bring his recruit. He had a he had a a, 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 a kid. He was deaf. I said, how am I going to tell you, switch? You don't fucking hear shit. I said, fuck no. I, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm being real. Like, No, I, I mean, get not, it. Not, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's your life. Not, it's your life. Yeah. Like, you know, you've got one more year. It better be the – it's got to be the best year you can have. So when he, he told me, he said, Marco, listen, I know uh, school pay you. I ain't got no money for that. Mm. He said, but I tell you, you'll never go hungry. He said, anything you need, you'll never go hungry. I promise I'll get you that ball. I'll make you a fucking promise. 
I said, say no more. Really? That's all. That, that was my last year. I got to make the best of it. it. If I was a freshman, yeah, I'd probably say, yo, I need some money. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was like, this is my last year. Fuck all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to go without. And I never did. Yeah, I, never went without. I have to imagine a big uh, – I'm sure you had other options. But what yeah. was it about Mike Davis that you – I assume you knew you could trust Mike Davis with what he said. He's from Alabama. And my boy, Trace, I mean, my coach at the time, Tracy Dildy, Tracy Dildy, uh, him and Mike was like this. And he was like, Marco, why don't you come up there? Uh, it's Indiana, bro. They was already selling me for it. So uh, tell you a quick story. Roy Williams recruited me when he was at Kansas. So Wayne Simeon was the uh, power forward. He signed. Okay, my choice was, I wasn't, I ain't gonna lie. I wanted to go to Florida, but I wanted my mama's on the watch. So David Lee signed there and Wayne Simeon. I remember uh, I called back down there to, to talk to Billy Dunham. He said, Marco, I would love to have you, but he beat you to the job. David Lee did. I said, fuck. So I called Roy Williams. He said, Wayne Simeon just fucking stop. I said, fuck. <laughs> so I had to go to Auburn. <laughs> fuck it. That was my goal. I'm going on fucking Auburn. Um, so we go, you remember, they had Sean May. They said, yeah, I sat out. I could have gave my right leg for that fucking game. Fuck the Duke game. I'm talking about that game. Because they had uh, Jawad Williams, that's my boy. Uh, Jawad, they had fucking um, Marvin Williams. They had uh, crazy-ass uh, Rashad McCants. Rashad McCants. Fuck yeah. Yeah, they had them. They had uh, um, fat-ass uh, Raymond Felton. Felton. Yeah, he's fat as shit now. That's crazy how big he is. <laughs> We look, he looked fucking pregnant. <laughs> that motherfucker's stomach like this. Crazy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like he let his stuff all the way go. <laughs> Man, I won this game. So, um, when they beat us and I hugged him, he said, Why the fuck you came here and you should have brought your ass to Indiana? I'm going to came to fucking North Carolina. And I hugged him. I said, Coach, Sean's here. Who would ever think Sean May gonna have a year he had? Because mm, right. I thought about it when I sought out. So the year I play, I would have split minutes with him because I was gonna bust his ass. <laughs> his ass was dead. He was dead to me. And uh, I remember him coming back to uh, Bloomington and play pickup because he's from there. Yeah. And I and the year I sought out, and I wasn't gonna play pickup that day. My brother called me. My brother's in school with me, uh, and he was like, um, "Man, you better get your ass, Sean May." Here, I said. I'm on my way. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to fry his ass, and I gave his ass everything he needed, <laughs> everything he wanted, everything he needed. Um, but um, but yeah, All right, man. So, yeah. So with Mike, he's from Alabama, so you feel like he's one of your people, right? Like you, you, you know this guy, you know his where he comes from. Um, and then he gets you to commit to Indiana. You got to sit out a year. Had you visited Indiana before you committed? Never visited. And there was a thing about it. So my coach got caught up in a whole bunch of fellas by giving the players money. So what sold me is you may not have to sit out. So they they, they petitioned that shit to the uh, uh, NCAA and it's in Indianapolis. I don't know if it's still there, but. Yeah. Um, so uh, he was like, you may not sit out. I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, boom. So I will know somebody the first day. I moved on campus. I'm like, what they saying? I'm gonna be able to play this year. He said, Nah, they not. I said, Fuck. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, man, you know what? Fuck it. Went out to a couple clubs and stuff. 
I was like, man, fuck it, sit, sit out. And, excuse me, the great part about sitting out is, is no pressure. Now I'm 21, I go to clubs, all I gotta do is go to class and bust their ass at practice. That's it, I ain't got nothing else to do. There's nothing to do. But have fun with the women there. Freaking, um, you know what I'm saying? Indiana, I tell everybody, I did at Indiana my that year I sat out, and I had more fun the year I sat out than I had three years at Auburn. <laughs> yeah, Indiana <laughs> special. Indiana special. Oh my god! And I see why the high the high name guys they go there and have to stay longer instead of going way in out. Them fucking uh the whole environment is like they treat you like you already in the fucking league. Yeah, I, and did I you, never did forget. You feel that but, right away? Did you feel that even in the year you were sitting out? That midnight madness, I remember dunking the ball a few hundred times. And um, after that, man, like nobody talked to me after that midnight madness. And they was like, he's the next person coming through. I didn't have no problem with nothing. Well, let's let's talk about the I'm assuming that's the first time you were in assembly hall with the crowd. Like, what, do you remember what it was like just to look up in, in that cathedral like had you ever been in an environment like that before um kentucky kentucky and now yeah kentucky now like kentucky man you go when you go there to play there in, in rough arena man that motherfucker is big all that ugly ass blue yes. and um <laughs> and um and um it's just crazy like the fans is, is, is but now being at auburn you know you got you know, it's smaller basketball. Nobody really cares about basketball there. But now I'm on the same playing field as a Kentucky. This is Indiana. So I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I'm at one of these universities. Yeah, come on with it. So, so I was like that. When – just to step back and provide a little context here. So Indiana goes to the championship game in 2002. In 2003 – we we still have some of those players. AJ Moy is still on the team. Tom Coverdale, Jeff Newton. We we have a pretty good year, uh, not great but pretty good. Then you know oh four oh five it starts to go a little south. Um, you come in and there's a lot of enthusiasm that he was able to land you and Lewis coming from Auburn. And while the ship was kind of on the way down a little bit, it felt like you guys were going to be the ones to bring it back. And DJ White is there. Did you tell it you, all in the year that you sat out? What did you say? I'm going to tell you this, man, and nobody knows this. And, uh, he's my boy. And uh, Brace, me and Bracey played in Jerusalem. Uh, he played in Jerusalem, and I was out there. Um, Bracey never wanted to turn pro. Mike Davis let him shot the ball every fucking time. Nobody would say that. I'm going to say it because I don't give a fuck. He, made, he forced that man out of there. He said, I'm going to let you go to the NBA because you cannot stay here with Marco and DJ. Really? So he, 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 so when Bracey was putting up the 45 point, everybody like, is that Bracey, if you watched that year, he didn't want to be fucking, he like, bro, I want to stay. He want to stay in school. And he was forced out. He was like, Cause, and he said, Marco, you got to understand. And I was like, why? He said, you 20 and 10. DJ going to get at least 18. You think Bracey going to pass y'all the ball? Fuck no. I was like, damn. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll make it better. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. He said, Bracey ain't gonna pass that ball. I'm just letting you know that now. So the year I sat out and played, I remember him telling me that um, going 
and two, or the, when I found out I'm not going to be able to play. So, you know, we practicing with them. Bracey shoot that shit every time. Then I found out later from Bracey, he said, man, he told me that that's why, bro. He said, shoot that bitch every time you touch. Shoot it every time you touch. I'm huh. trying to get you to the NBA. So that's the great thing about Mike Davis. Uh, out of all coaches, he he don't give you the green light. He give you the ultimate green light. <laughs> so, but, but he, to try to uh, to try to wrap my brain around where Coach Davis was coming from, he really wanted Bracy to have an NBA career, and he needed him to get those shots. Bracy got to get his shots to do that, and so that's for for the betterment of Bracy. But then to make sure you and DJ could eat the next year. Also, getting Bracy out of there would allow the two of you to get yours. Yeah, but and I tell people I could play with anybody. I don't give a damn. I'm gonna get my twenty and ten because right. I'm gonna do stuff that you're not gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna do the dirty work. I'm gonna get the offense rebounds, putbacks, get my dunks. I'm gonna outrun everybody. I'm gonna do that. So um, I could have figured out with Bracy. However, right. um. We would just figure out, me and DJ feed off each other. We're playing pick, uh, pick up and what name is. If I'm open, we go high low. He's going to kill you. Or I'm going to kill you. Pick your poison. And I got a deadly shooter. Come on, man. Because that year I started, uh, the year I played, we led the NCAA in, in, in three point percentage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'll find your ass. You, they throw it to me double. All right. I just need you to make your shot. So, Bracey, uh, good at he shot. We would have been, man, we could have been, we could have did something, but. You know, on 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 the professional level, and I'm looking back, like that was a it was a great move. But when I was young, I, I didn't understand it. I just thought Mike Davis was freaking selfish. Like he don't want no, he don't want a good team. But mm-hmm. the same stuff that Calipari doing, the same stuff that uh, uh the big school the Dukes them doing, the Kentucky's doing. Like, uh, think about this. He would have had if them guys would have stayed. They would have had. Uh, Kyle Times, uh, Townsend, uh, they would have had uh, uh, AD and DeMarcus Cousins, all of them. <laughs> they would leave it like that. Mm-hmm. Think about if all of them stayed for You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you yeah. had you had to. Right. All right. So you, 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 Bracey leaves. You're now ready to play. We do have a lot of talent on that roster. I mean, you and DJ and Rod and Earl and Robert Vaden, who is a bad man and could really ball. Uh, Rat. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, a lot of talent. Um, and it's your first game, and you've had a year to build up anticipation for this first game. First real game was against Nichols State. Do you remember this game at all? I thought it was against. Uh, uh, um, um, the first game was against uh, freaking. Uh... Some part of Indiana. Um, you played two exhibition games, and then you played uh, Nickel State, and you went off for twenty-eight and thirteen in your first game in Indiana. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember. I said, I said, when I get this fucking ball, I remember DJ jump. I said, I'm gonna try to break this fucking rim, <laughs> and then, and then soon as soon as you get, I just tuck off. I just tuck the fuck off and dunk that shit. Now and I remember the big man. Yeah, yeah, man, no, go ahead. Talking. You remember the big man? The big man, man, he was talking. He said, man, you fucking strong as shit. Man, what you what you be doing? I said, motherfucker, I don't know. <laughs> Genetics. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now, yeah. in one of those exhibition games, DJ breaks his foot. You remember that? That he get which really sets the team back because you guys were the best front court in the country and Easy. and dominant. 
and he breaks his foot, which sets you guys back. But you still start three and zero, and that you play Nickel State, Florida A and M, Western Illinois. You're averaging about twenty and ten when you go in to the biggest game of the year so far, because the Duke Blue Devils come to town. Now, I don't want to focus on the fact that we ended up losing the game because the game should have ended with about seven minutes and 58 seconds left in the second half. That's when it should have ended. So I want to talk about that Duke game because you were there for Hoosier hysteria. You felt that. You were on the team and saw big games the year before, but now you're in a game where the crowd is out of control. What was that environment like for you? And we're not at the moment yet, but what what do you remember about that environment walking into that game? I'm gonna tell you the background story on this. So my back, my best friend at the time, he was working at the Honda plant in Montgomery. He said, "Man, we got a bet. Uh, uh, Sheldon, we're gonna bust your ass." I said, "You got me fucked up." I said, "Do what's gonna happen." I, I ain't saying they gonna. We gonna beat them, but you check my stat versus that stat. He said, "I got my money on you. Don't let me down." I said, "Check those stats afterwards." I told his ass, I said, I ain't no telling. Are we going to beat them? But check that game. So I remember uh, Tim. Tim said, who want the flu shot? And I was like, I ain't never had that shit. Fuck it, I'll take it. And we was playing, I think it was on a Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday, some shit like that. And I took it three days before. Now I got the fucking flu. Oh, I'm fucking tired as fuck. If you watch that shit, I'm like this. You go back watch. I'm like, bro. yeah. You ain't never, you ain't never had the flu. I tell the motherfucker, don't get that shot, cause he give it to you. And I'm, 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 I'm playing, and I'm playing the whole game. I'm fucking tired, and I, I go back and like watch Michael Jordan. And I be like this, I feel him <laughs> having it with that, that flu game. I feel him. Yeah. Like you, your, your win is like, <sighs> yeah, crazy. Well, All right, so let's I mean... <laughs> let's talk about the game a little bit. We we go down in that game sixteen to two. They go up sixteen to two. You guys battle back, and then in the second half, we are down one, fifty eight to fifty seven. We're on a nine zero run. The 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 crowd's going crazy. Down one. We're on defense. Ron Paulus gets a wide open three. Comes off the front of the rim, and I'm gonna just let you take it from there after what happens when the ball comes off the front of the rim? I grabbed that thing. And I was like, I remember seeing Baden to my left. And I was like, boom. Oh, shit, I can get me a dunk in this game. So I'm running out like this. Boom, 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 boom. And Baden, Baden, playing pickup with Baden, knowing Baden. Baden is a man. Baden a badass. I ain't going to lie. He's, he's one of the most talented players I've played with in my life. So Bain come down, boom, 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 he gave it to me. And I, when he gave it to me, I didn't even dribble. I said, damn, you better not fucking travel. <laughs> so I grabbed it and I just tuck off. And I didn't know I was that fucking far back. And then the guy tried to scale in front of me and he slid like that. I was like, I'm going to dunk the shit out of this motherfucker. <laughs> boom. And I dunked it. I was like this because I took off so far. And I'm like this, laying it down. I mean, uh, laying down. I was like, oh. I turned back around, I did the crowd like this. Now that shit crazy. I said, now we don't even play. Now, the beginning of the game, right? Um, you know, Duke come in with they fucking suits on, they fucking nose in the air like they somebody. I was like, fuck y'all. Yeah. So yeah. so the beginning, 
they start off that 16 0 run. I turn, I said, This is fucking stupid. They're a fucking machine. What the fuck? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, Oh shit, it was 16 0. So I remember shooting a baby hook. Man, this shit kind of easy. Nah, this is that's a fake. That's a fake. That's a fake. They go back down, they miss, they come back down to me again, and I score. I say, He's weak as shit. Bring me that motherfucker for the rest of the night. <laughs> I remember facing up, hitting a 15 footer. He turned and looked at Mike Pajeski like this. Boom. I think I think halftime going with 18. And then second half, I don't remember what I what I end with. I really don't remember what 34? I end with. Let me tell 34. you, you ended with 34, 10 rebounds. You went 15 of 20 from the field. You want to know the pissed off thing that I was mad about? All those fucking free throws. I would have had 50 points. All those fucking free throws. I mean, I had to miss at least 11 or 12. And mm-hmm. I tell people, the year I saw, that's the only thing fucking me. Because you you used to shooting free throws in game. I shot like 70%, 73 74%, 78% at Auburn. That year you sit out because you're only practicing defense. You're not practicing offense. So you're not shooting free throws. Mm-hmm. I tell people that shit. That shit is a... That's my only downfall that year was my free throws. If I would have shot, I think I probably shot maybe 62%. If I would have fucking made 70, 80%, oh, I would have averaged a crazy amount. Yeah. So, so wait, let's, let's wait. Go hold on. Let's go. Moment. Let's go back to the dunk. Let's go back to the dunk because this is, you know, look, IU fans have been somewhat hard up for great memories over the last 22, 23 years. Uh, this is one of those great moments, and and the dunk goes down. You throw it down. You take off from about the three point line to do it. <laughs> this puts you guys in the lead. I mean, have you ever before or since heard a place that loud? Don't tell me you ever heard Rupp that loud. Fuck no. I'm gonna tell you the the, the loudest place I ever played in before that. And you got to be from Alabama to understand this. I went down to Selma, Alabama, and we played Selma, Alabama. Played in my high school. And Selma is like known for back in the eighties, nineties, so beating everybody ass. So they had this guy. He was Mister Alabama. I can't think of his name. And I was in the tenth grade. He was like six foot nine. So I got the ball. Tenth grade. I'm nervous, and he was a big man. He. He uh, blocked my shot. I grabbed it and I turned around and I fucking tried to tear that rim down on him. Those motherfuckers ran on the court. They started picking me up. This is in a high school game. It was like some fucking Rucker Park shit. They picked me up during the Florida. It was like the first quarter. I ain't never seen nothing like that. I'm like, I'm from my grandma. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's just a dunk. And and and, and they went crazy. They were like, you know who you dunked on? I was like, no. <laughs> just some tall, some just some tall guy, and uh, they was like, "Man, he missed Alabama," and I don't know what school the guy ended up going to. I ain't never seen him no more in my life, and we just played him in a tournament. But that atmosphere, and I ain't never seen them before that like that. And then that damn Duke game, I never forget this. When I went back down the court to the dunk, I think they call a timeout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Robert Baden said to me, and I'm this close to him. He was like, "Timeout." I was like, "What?" He said, time out, motherfucker. I said, okay. <laughs> I walk, I go to the bench and get some water. Man, it was so fucking I have never seen nothing like that. You know, no. even overseas, that never, ever. 
never ever. And I'm happy that I can I was able to to just just for my career, like just to be a part of that. Like, man, I what's the loudest place? I said any University Duke. And yeah. you like it. And and I, I used to go overseas to like uh um when um uh the soccer game uh what's his name is uh damn I seen Rondinho and uh and um yeah. and David Beckham play in Milan my uh I think in my first or second year out of school and I went to one of the games and it was loud they said you ever seen something loud and I said yeah Duke versus <laughs> versus us <laughs> yeah this is, yeah this is a soccer game but you know how loud that game was I keep telling people I said man I didn't even I was in his face like this and didn't hear nothing that's wow. how loud that thing is. Well, it, it, by the way, I, I had no idea about the flu. It did seem like for us, after that and the timeout, it was like impossible to match that energy the rest of the game. It, and it felt like you, I mean, it did. you looked tired at that moment. I was worried. I remember watching it going, is he going to get to the rim? Like, it just didn't seem, you took off from so far away. I love that you were worried about traveling. But did you find that the rest of the game you just didn't have enough gas in the tank because of the flu and 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 just that adrenaline? I'm gonna tell you this, and I, teams started doing it. It took me later on in my career to get in better shape. But so I remember being in um, I was in Ukraine, and we played this team out of Russia, and they sent four big men on me. And I'm like, this motherfucker seven foot, 300. He's 6'11", 290. So they just lay on me like this. He just lay on me and knocking your energy level down. And right. so in college, I started, I thought about it like, that's what they did. They put, um, they'll put Sheldon. Then they come and put McRobbins. Then they come and put one of the, uh, I forgot the, um, the, uh, the young boy, uh, Borkin. They put him, and then they'll turn back out. I have no sub. I have Ben right. Allen. I had Ben Allen. Ben Allen was uh, 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 was scared as shit. Um, so, you know. It, yeah, no, it was I on your shoulders. The, yeah, the, like. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what it felt like. So, what so, it did do was well, it what I, a peak. What I take from this is that the reason we lost that game, it was Tim Garl's fault. That's, that's who I'm putting it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. So Tim, Tim that, my boy, man. Tim. Yeah, we yeah, love Tim. Tim. The man. So that game ends. We play Miss uh, Eastern Michigan after that win. Uh, Indiana State stumble and lose, and now wait, it wait. sets up. We're four and two. I do feel like we have to touch on the Indiana State game because that's like you from the highest of highs, throwing that down against Duke to now. This is like this is one of those things that like is almost unforgivable at IU, and so you're you. Did you start like? Did you start to feel something from from the fan base around the program about Indiana State? Mm. Did it didn't really phase nope. you guys? I, I and I tell people they said the Purdue game to Indiana. State. I said, motherfucker, I'm not from Indiana. <laughs> See, it's a difference between Alabama and Auburn. I understand that because I grew right. up in that. Mm-hmm. It was just a game for me. You don't feel pressure, no, motherfucker. I'm not from here. Mm. It's a game. If we win, we win. We lose, we lose. I knew I knew DJ wasn't there. I ain't got no brace. I ain't had DJ. I had uh, uh, Strickland them. I had Rod Wilma there, but they streaky. Right. I'm playing, playing against like you know what? Shout out to my boy David Moss. David Moss is still playing professional now. Really? Yeah, yeah. He still he playing Milan. He he um, I think he, uh, Dave he switched his name up, but he he plays Italian now. 
Mm. Yeah. Great David, fucking career. David Massimo. Massimo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably as crazy as name is Massimo. But um, yeah, David, um, he I remember him killing us and and they was like Man, you know, we lost it. I remember we getting cussed out real nasty. Y'all lost the fucking Indiana State. And I was like, so? Fucking <laughs> basketball, motherfucker. You're going to lose some. Mm. I was like, but I, I wasn't, 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 wasn't mindful of, of the in-state rival like that. And I also, right. too, we got I, uh, I feel like we played them at Indiana. We kicked the shit out of them. But it was a lot of questionable calls. Mm, you, know, sure. you know, it just it's like that. And I tell people this. When you playing, if you're on the road, by the last five minutes, you better be up 10. Because if you neck to neck, the referee's going to cut that motherfucker up. Mm. So if you got any sense about basketball, you better be your ass up 10. Or if not, you're going to be fighting for your life. So then it sets up a matchup with Kentucky. And you guys yeah. just beat the brakes off of them. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. Tell you this. We go up there, play. My ex-wife at the time um, was my fiance, and I told her, I said, we had practiced that thing earlier and uh, before we went back to the hotel. And I, I remember AJ Rattler was fucking around, joking earlier, but they laughing and joking. And I know all the pressure on me. I told my uh, my girl, I was like, we finna get our ass kicked. She said, oh, don't say that. I said, don't say shit. We finna get our ass They laughing and joking. They not taking this shit serious. We finna get our ass kicked. I said, Oh, I to this day, I did not know we we're gonna beat their ass like that. Patrick <laughs> Spark missed that, missed was missing like that. I was like, this ain't the Kentucky from Auburn. This is bullshit. Like, like, nah. But we started kicking their ass, and I never forget this. That uh, as a weak move from Tubby Smith, but he's still coaching. Tubby. I don't think so. I don't know. He, he went to he went to Texas Tech for a while, then left Texas Tech, was somewhere else. I don't know if he's coaching anymore. I'll check I don't it think out. he is. That son of a bitch. So uh, <laughs> uh we at we at Auburn when they kicked our ass, he would shake our hand. Like good job. Like basically like we're gonna kick your ass anyway, good job. So when we beat the ass, he didn't want to shake my hand. I said, No motherfucker, you shaking my hand because when you kick my ass at Auburn like a man, I, I shook yours. Yeah, he was like this. I was like, "Fuck you!" And man, I, you if you go back and look at it, we had got into it. It was all, it was in the newspaper. Man, fuck him! And I told people like, "You kick my ass at Auburn as a man. I, I respect you. I shook your hand. Shake my hand." I love that you went for twenty three and eleven, four assists in that game, and it and then it sets up a nice streak for you guys. DJ actually comes back from the foot injury, and we get to see what this team is with you and DJ, which is a team that doesn't lose. You beat Charlotte. You beat Butler. By the way, 27-6 and six for you against Butler. You beat Ball State. And then the Big I Ten. I had 27-6. You had 27-6 against Butler. That was in Indianapolis, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I don't remember how many I had. I remember my, yeah. But I remember uh, playing ass. I don't remember none of these stats, man. I swear. <laughs> well, hey, wait, hey, just yeah. to put a cap on the tubby situation, yeah. I think you'll be happy to know that he retired after the 21-22 season after going 11 and 14 at high point in the Big South yeah. Conference. That's where there he ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. then the Big Ten starts. DJ's back. 
and you guys start against Michigan and Ohio State, and you win both of them, and the Big Ten does not phase Marco Killingsworth one bit. Michigan, 15-6. and six. Ohio State, 26-5 and five wins. And by the way, again, DJ's playing in these. So there's, you know, you're splitting rebounds, you're, and, but you're still getting yours. Uh, you're now 10-2 and two and 2-0 and oh in the this. conference. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cut you off. I forgot his guy name, white guy. They ended up playing against him overseas. He had 15 fucking rebounds, uh, 16 rebounds up against Michigan. And I was like, and he, I think he was off the bench. I don't know his name. And I, I gave him process. Well, you kicked our ass on, on the rebound. He was like, I do it a fucking again. I said, say what? I said, you you on my to-do list now. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I can't think of his name. And, I'm going to get uh, I it for you. Other. I'm going to get it for we, you. Hold on. Mike Davis cussed our ass out. He said, you let this fucking scrub fucking, um, uh, uh, I think he had 16, 17, 18, maybe 19 rebounds on us. He said, this is his best fucking game. Now I was like, you fucking want to shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. He had 21 rebounds. Rebounds, yep. He had eight points, 21 rebounds. His name was Graham Brown. Fucking Graham Brown. <laughs> Graham Brown, yep. He, hey, 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 shout out to Graham, man. He he kicked our asses on that glass. But I told him, I said, you on my to-do list. You on my fuck. But before we went to that tournament, I don't know if we're going to hit on that. We need this game. To go to it was us against Michigan. Oh yeah, that's well. We're, we're not there yet. Let's wait on that. All right, okay, okay, okay. Well, we so, we do have like you lose to Michigan State in East Lansing, but then you got back to back at home against Illinois, who's number seven, and 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 their their arrival too. But then right after that is Purdue, our ultimate rival, also in Bloomington, and. I guess, you know, Purdue uh, was not particularly great that year. They certainly weren't as good as Illinois. But this is like the heart of the Big Ten schedule. You, you, you're you a Hoosier now. You've been there for, you know, this is your second season, first one playing. I mean, are you buying into the Purdue hate? Like, I know you didn't grow up with it, but you still you still <laughs> couldn't connect to that. No. Did you did did you get it? Like, did you at least like the crowd give you something to feed off of? No. I was trying to get twenty. Tw- I was trying to get twenty and ten. That's why I ain't gonna lie. Because um, <laughs> because I knew there was I knew there was shit. I forgot the um the guy um because I went to the um the the Big Ten tour and it was a big white guy. Uh, I can't think of his name. I used to call his as a model. Um, and he was that power forward or center or whatever. He was a real nice guy. And uh, he was there, and me and him talked during the game. I don't remember what I end, what I had that game. Um, oh, I do. I remember we was, uh, you had 18 and 10. Oh. Uh, you want to hear something crazy? I had hyper uh, – not hyper stand, but I had uh, sprung my MCL. I didn't practice all week. Before the Purdue all game? Because we played Illinois, and that guy fell on my knee. That, uh, uh, Pruitt, he fell on my fucking knee, and my shit swollen, and I finished the game. And uh, I remember having a crazy uh, second half against uh, Illinois. Yeah, you and went Pruitt for 23 started. and 12 in that game. Yeah, and I remember having two at halftime. He, he, he woke me up. He said, I'm overrated. You know, I said, watch this motherfucker. And I remember scoring everything <laughs> on his ass. Well, you and did. Was- you did. I mean, just real quick, in those three games, Michigan State, 27 and 4. Illinois, 23 and 12. Purdue, 18 and 10. We're now 12 and 3, 4 and 1 in the Big Ten. 
And then things do uh, again. Now DJ has broken his foot again. So DJ goes out and then things get rough here. And while we start to lose games, you're still being productive in every game. Although I will say the only times you weren't as productive as I know you would want to be is when you were in foul trouble. I mean, that's really what it is. You could, you could draw a straight line to foul trouble and you not having as good of a game as you, as you would normally have. I'm going to tell you this and uh, shout out. I mean, not going to shout out, but um, it, it actually fucked me. I remember working out for the Miami Heat, and uh, Pat Riley pulled me to the side. He said, we don't need you to practice. You're the best player in this gym. We want to see if you out of shape. And I was like, where do you get this from? He said, your college coach told all of us that you out of shape. I was like, man, I play 29 minutes a game. I was like, if I ain't in foul trouble, he's going to play me the whole game. I said, you don't play 29.9 minutes, and you're fucking, uh, 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 you out of shape. Now, if you're playing fucking four or five, that's something different. I said, man, I'm playing that whole fucking game. He made me run on a treadmill for a whole hour. I didn't pick up a ball with the Miami Heat. And then they still didn't draft me. Oh, shit. Yeah, because of cause the shit Mike, uh, Mike Davis said. Ooh, that is rough. Yeah. That is rough. He's a piece of shit, man. Oh, he's, so you do uh, not, not, you do not see eye to eye with Mike Davis. I can't. Uh, now, now, my career over. I wish his ass the best. I ain't got nothing, nothing against the dude. But when I played, I, I used to be like towards um, when I learned the business side about. Um, but I used to say, like, I ain't in the NBA because of all the stuff I heard he did, you know, to uh, telling uh, 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 NBA people. I don't know if he did or he didn't. I, I had a great career, a great yes, freaking did. career. I, 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 I don't I've see. I've been in 70 countries, man. Huh? Yeah, man. When it's you amazing. talk about what, you know, it, how he was trying to work it for Bracey and stuff, I, I don't imagine, like, what, what was there for even him to gain personally by, by tearing you down to Pat Riley or anybody else in the NBA? Like, where's he coming from on something like that? And that's what I, I tell people. He'll let you do whatever you wanted. But think about it. Uh, when we used to lose, he was come out, he's out of shape. I know y'all heard this, he's out of shape. I seen it right. in the newspaper. He said, I'm out of shape because he want to get the pressure off that he can't fucking coach. Well, that is, so I want to talk about that because right around this time in this season is when you go on this little bit of a losing streak and now there's a lot of pressure on his job, right? Yes, he tried to put it on me. And are you hearing that? Like, are you are you aware that there's pressure on his job at this point? Um, pressure. They, I heard they wasn't gonna bring him back and all that. I didn't care because I was leaving anyway. That was my right, last so year. Didn't, so you then you 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 go on a little bit of a losing streak. I mean, you play lose, UConn, yeah. top team in the country. Uh, they go out and start blowing you out, but then here comes the comeback, and something else happens in that game, which is he finally starts playing Earl Callaway at the point too. Um, and there's obviously some chemistry there, some great, the, the game between you and Earl over the course of that, especially the last half of that season, even the Duke game, there were just some unbelievable chemistry between you two. Did you feel that with Earl? Even, even like man, Earl, I didn't play, I ain't played with him in a, in a, in a while, but we used to play pickup out here in Atlanta and all the pros would play and Earl's a freaking hooper. So Earl well, know the game and, and 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 shout out to Earl for having a strong mind. I'm thinking about it now, you know, being older. 
Mike Davis is trying to take this guy's confidence. You know, when he when he left the next year, I kept up with him. Earl had a good senior year because you weren't playing a man and stuff like that. He had a better senior year uh, than you had the, the junior year you played with him. But you're trying to tear him down. And I, and I tell people, coaches play more defense on you than your fucking opponent. Where you mm. got kids that's fucking scared to shoot. Cause you know, you see a high school kid, you're like, he's fucking killing. Why he got to uh, college? He can't do nothing because he know if he's take a shot, he's gonna sit down. Mm-hmm. You like he can shoot the ball like crazy in high school, or he can jump like yeah. You mess around and miss a dunk, you're not gonna play for five games. So so, Mike Davis, I feel like he you know he did that to to, to the players, and I when I started playing professional, I was hearing this from other um, players. To man, uh, Bayheim was like this. Freaking uh, Roy William was like this. Freaking uh, 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 the coach at uh, Maryland was like this. So you know what I'm saying? You tearing players down. I'm like, who the fuck giving these people jobs? Mm-hmm. Like, like I love to see that Deion Sanders doing it because he fucking played the game. Right. You know, you know, if you play the game, it's certain stuff you can't do. You know, as a coach, it's not about your X and O's. It's about managing people. Like I could tell you, like. You're playing like shit and you will turn up. And I can tell Ward, I got to encourage the lesson, man, you're going to make your next three shots. That's the thing it's about. You can't treat everybody the same. Mm, right. Man, you, you just you just can't. You just no, can't. It, well, it, well, you, you said, uh, I think before we started recording, uh, you called him Uncle Earl. Uh, <laughs> why, why do you call Earl Uncle Earl? I always call him Uncle Earl because he, he was my roommate on the road. Uh, and he used to always listen to gospel music. He got old. And I said, you're like a fucking old man. Fucking Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Earl. And he loved a joke. So he's always joined and joke back or whatever. But I was like, Earl, man, you're like somebody uncle. He said, I am somebody uncle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Earl, right, good brother, so, though. Great guy. Uh, you, you start to lose a few games. Then there is this game against Iowa that Mike Davis does not show up for. And there's all kinds of reports. Is he sick? Is he this? Is he is he getting fired? What's going on? What do you remember about that Iowa game and him not showing up? By the way, a game that you go off for 21 and 17 in. Story, right? All right. So I I I, uh, I quit during that season right after that game. I forgot. I don't know who we played next. You played um, up Penn State next. Penn State, okay. So um, that morning. He comes in. We had a shoot-around. Had a shoot-around. And he left. I think we played them like 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock, some shit like that. So we have shoot-around. We have our steaks and potatoes and stuff like that, right? And I go. I always go back to my apartment, uh, make sure my girl's okay with my daughter. And uh, now, now I think we married at this time. Uh, I was like, you know, you're coming to the game, drop me off at the game, stuff like that. And just seeing my dates. Just seeing like I'm talking to you. All of a sudden, this motherfucker don't show up. He don't show up. He was laughing and joking, shooting and everything. All of a sudden, his wife tells us, she comes to the game, he got food poison. Food poison my fucking ass. Mm. So, so <laughs> I see I see this motherfucker. So I called him. You all right, coach? He don't answer. Send him a text message. You good? He said, I'm straight. Say no more. So we lose. Cool. I didn't give a fuck. I was killing 
Like, to a point now, we keep losing. I don't give a fuck. Like, I need to make my resume so good that I can get get drafted. Fuck. Right. So, um, and I tell people that, like, it was like, you don't care about the talent. I care about the team because we team. Fuck the records. I enjoy, like, Ryan Tapak. I enjoy, fuck it, uh, uh, Sean Klein. Like, I enjoy, friends, fuck the score. Because all of us hung out. We was cool. Ben Allen, you know what I'm saying? Marshall Strickland, Louis Monroe. All of us friends, fuck the score. We knew. Uh, I got no tape pack and fucking go. I can know Sean Klein can go. I know all of these players can go, but it's like hey, coaches play defense on you. Mm-hmm. So you scared to do something. So um we go play against uh I mean uh after the game. So we playing against uh Penn State Knicks. I know they're gonna double me. So I got Ben Allen. I never forget this. I grab the ball, they double team into me. At practice, I threw it behind my back to Ben. He, he fumbled. I said, catch the fucking ball. They not talking shit about none of y'all. They putting this shit on me. Fucking ball. Not even around your ass. Yells out. I do that shit last game. I said, shut the fuck up. Cause yo, did I call him a bitch? I like your bitch ass. A pussy. I think maybe I call him. I ain't calling him a bitch. I don't like calling me a bitch. I like your pussy ass didn't even show up to our fucking game. Your scary ass. He said, get the fuck out of practice. Man, fuck this practice. Now I'm pissed. I'm already pissed because uh, uh, we fucking losing. And you keep running to the newspaper saying I, I'm the reason. So um, I remember calling. Um, uh, he told me, you're not on the team. I said, I don't give a fuck. I'm going back to Alabama. Fuck this shit. I get ready for the draft. I've done enough work here. So his son, Mike Davis Jr., called me, Marco, man, let's talk, man. You know, you need to apologize. I said, I ain't apologizing shit. And he said, I told my daddy, take Mark off this team if you want to. They already want to fire your ass. So he said, man, just apologize for the team, bro. And we can what's not going to run. Hey, coach, I'm sorry. All right, you back on the team. Now, if you go back and watch after that hour game, well, wait, against Penn State in the rest of the season, if you got a chance to go look at any of them games, I don't be in the huddle no more. Mm, I don't really? talk to that motherfucker. I, if you get a chance, go look at them games. When he talked to them, I go down and get me some water. I said, what the fuck he said? The regular play, get Marco the ball. I don't talk to that motherfucker no more. And me and him was cool until he started talking shit. Mm. Wow. So it's also around that time that the news comes that he is resigning and he's not going to be the coach anymore after this year. Yep. So, yeah. So, so what? I mean, how weird was that to play? You're back on a team with a guy who isn't even going to be the coach next year. He's quit, basically. Now, there was pressure on him. They were probably going to fire him regardless, but he does leave. What do you remember about just the news of he's not going to be on the coach next year? He come to me. We sat down and talked. Me and him, the last two people in, on, 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 um, in the gym. And uh, he said, I remember San Antonio Spurs came and watched our practice and stuff like that, and I ain't practiced. He said, you know, they came out to, to, to look at you. And Sidney Green was cool. One of the guys told him to come check me out or whatever. And my knees was fucking hurting. Like, they was fucking throbbing. And Assembly Hall gym, like most universities, that the court is lifted. Assembly right. Hall have semen up under that. Man, my fucking knees were swollen. Mm-hmm. Fine practice. Me, me and Mike Davis sat there and talked. He was like, listen, Mark, I'm going to be honest with you. I need you to tear this shit up. I'm going to get a bigger job. I'm going to get a job next year. I said, I'll tell you what, you do your part, I'll do my part. Say no more. Yeah, after that, you remember we went on a, a winning streak. Yes, you did. It was that wow. clear. He said, wow. you want to get drafted higher? 
He said, you want to get drafted? You did good, but you ain't do it enough. Solidify yourself that you can be a first round. I say no more. Well, you ain't talked to him no more. He ain't talked to me no more. You're 13 and 10, five and seven in the Big Ten with four games left to play in the Big Ten. Penn State, Michigan State, Purdue, and Michigan. And you end up winning them all, but let's, and you need them all probably to make the tournament. Yeah, to but let's get to that last game of the year, which is senior game against Michigan, where your boy Graham Brown is back. What Graham do you Brown, from that game? He's on the so to do list. He's on the to do list. So, Freaking! Um, I remember they had Copeland, big ass, and um, and they had Daniel Horton. Shout out to Daniel. I wonder what Daniel doing now. Um, but um, I remember uh, they went on a run. They was kicking our ass there, and he said, "Oh, oh, you ain't in, you ain't in fucking Assembly Hall now, motherfucker." Yeah, Michael, where all this bullshit talk? Like, like this. Turn the fucking head around. Say what? <laughs> say no more I said run that motherfucking ball to me and I remember just fucking killing Copeland killing Graham I remember they ass getting in foul trouble and I'm like I'm finna fucking tear y'all ass up so second half roll around I think we end up uh, halftime we, we was down a lot halftime we was tied up or we was up one or it was down whatever yeah you're down we by three up. going into halftime okay. okay and I remember they was like 18 to 4 or some shit like that yeah we down three. Second half, we start killing. And I remember, and I tell Sydney Green, uh, thank you for this. I remember when I post up, and I, I'm like this, you ain't pushing me off the block. Fuck that. But when I touch those guys, they'll flop. And I used to tell the ref, I said, he's seven foot. He's pushing me. So Sydney Green told me, he said, you got two choices, big fella. You got four fouls. You pick up another foul, you finna come sit next to me. <laughs> you better flop like they doing. Tell people that stuff about LeBron. I say, man, LeBron, big as hell, but if you touch him, you're going to fall on the ground. So I understand why LeBron, I will flop too. Because Sidney Green told me, like, these big motherfuckers, you, they pushing you in your back, and they not going to whistle name is. So we we end up taking the lead, and I think we end up winning by 10 maybe. So I go to Daniel Horton talking shit, and I was like, all that shit talking. He was like, man, fuck you. I said, hey, and I'm going to fuck all your girls. <laughs> I'm on campus today. I'm talking cash shit to they bench. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm gonna fuck all y'all bitches. And, and, and he was like, he was like, well, I said, now nah, what you gotta say? What you gonna say? And he said, hey, big fella, calm down, big fella, calm down. Stop. I said, Graham, yo, sorry ass. What a fucking uh, twenty-one rebounds, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking cash shit to them. Cash shit. Well, Man, I, think, I, I think probably part of the reason you were so wired up, it was a close, you only won by two. That It was a tight game. You were down 10, though. In the second half, about four minutes in, you're down 10, and then you lead a comeback. You go for 19 and 13 in that game, lead the comeback, win the game, and then obviously leads to the most epic round of trash talking I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, man, listen. Oh, personal. You'll, be you'll be shocked. I was like, Oh, I think we're gonna get snowed in. You better well bring your bitches to the hotel. <laughs> so they mad the whole the whole thing. So Daniel Horton tight. He's tight as shit about this. He's so fucking mad. And um, I just remember laughing at him. I said, that'll do y'all. Y'all ain't going to no turkey. It was us and them on the bubble. Mm. I said, you better get ready for the draft. <laughs> Motherfucker, you better go and get ready for the draft. You hope you better graduate. Cause it's over with. <laughs> 
I'm talking cash <laughs> shit to them. Well, cash money shit. You go to the Big Ten tournament where you beat Wisconsin. You have another great game, 20 and 12. You play Ohio State in a rock fight that's like 52 to 51 loss. But you do make the NCAA tournament. They send you out west to play San Diego State. Now, I look. Only one team cuts down the nets every year, right? It doesn't mean that everybody else had a bad season. This season was as tumultuous as the season could be. DJ White breaks his foot twice. Bracey Wright is gone. Mike Davis, going to get fired, resigns in the middle of the year. I mean, there is so much. We change point guards in the middle of the year, give it to Earl. And somehow you win the last four games of the year, finish above 500 in the Big Ten, make the tournament, and play San Diego State, a very good team, and beat them and put it on them. This is your first chance in the NCAA tournament, right? You didn't play. In- no, 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 no. I tell people this story here. We play mellow them at Auburn. We played them in the Sweet 16. Guess oh, who we yeah, played them I'm at? I'm sorry, you're right. Was that your freshman year? Sophomore year. Sophomore year. All right. Okay. So- and we play those motherfuckers in Albany, New York. What's Syracuse, man? Oh. Yeah. We yeah. play them anywhere else. We kick the shit. They beat us 70, 78, 79. We play them anywhere in the universe. We, that, it was no mellow story. Mm, right. We're mm. kicking the shit out of them. We play them anywhere else. That's they ass. Well, so you go for 18 and four against San Diego State. Just talk a little bit about, like, you know, bet back in the tournament, you know, this is your team. Uh, you guys are finishing strong, to say the least. Uh, just that experience as a young man to to go out win a tournament game be a part of the environment take us through that because it is it's also the your your last weekend as a hoosier okay so um my um auburn the experience it was, we were so happy because we was a bubble team at auburn and we fuck around get into the tournament and we go eight shit, right and dick Vitale asked tells auburn shouldn't be there they should have picked this team and we took that as motivation Mm. So, so we 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 end up going. So, so it ain't really that much pressure. But I told the guys, y'all never been here. It ain't gonna be no foul call. So don't we look for calls. Fucking, you gotta play. This shit is like fucking playing prison ball. They gonna get hit, slapped every day, but they gonna allow you to do it back. So it's gonna work in my advantage. <laughs> so, so, so y'all gonna have to just play through stuff. Don't be crying to the ref, motherfucker. Just play. Mm. We play against Gonzaga. I ain't gonna lie to y'all too. I remember having a bad game. I remember Batista, he was killing for the I was just like, I just ran out of gas. I was like, I don't even care to play any fucking more. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm tired, bro. Like, I'm fucking tired. You felt like the and whole it, season on you? Like it was all coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we was, I said, like, can we come back with another uh, a comeback? And I'm missing my jump shot. I'm missing the little turnaround jump shot, my hook. I'm missing it. And I'm literally like, they double, triple team me with Gonzaga. And I'm like, bro. And I'm kicking it to them guys. They're not making shit. I'm like, I'm fucking tired. I looked at um, Mike Davis. I was like, bro, I don't even care no more, man. You're going to take me out. I don't fucking know. Mm. Because I, I just, just tired. Just tired, bro. And 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 I tell people, when we play professionally in Europe, you got August until March. And March is around the time you're going to make the uh, playoffs. So you need to push. But all those two-a-day practices you have in college, all this fucking practices, the games, to uh, your recovery time, like you get mentally drained. 
you got to be a strong person to 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 just sustain that like yo listen fuck it you got something to do you got to try to win a championship and i was young man and i was young i was literally like i don't even want to play ball no more mm. but that last game wow. against gonzaga i was like man just drink now if it was because it wasn't pleasurable no more right Everything is on me everything is on me um and i was just felt like you know me passing these guys the ball that last game I was like they not making no shots you know what i'm saying we might have a run in us and everybody was missing. I was like, man, fuck it. I'm done, bro. I'm done. Mm. Do I'm you done. do you look back at that and regret that that's how it ended for you? Do you wish you could go back and change just like how that ended mentally for you? Um that last game, I mean, you gotta understand too now. I'm 40 and uh, I done played right. a lot of basketball. Um like Toughness now would tell 40 year old Marco would tell the 23 year man, you better suck that shit up. Right. <laughs> you better suck that bullshit up and, and fucking continue playing. You you want to be great, right? Show me. But then it's like, I ain't got nobody around me to talk to me and tell me that, like, to keep my my my, my spirits yeah. up because well, I'm and, the man. And the person that should be that person is the head coach who you don't have a real relationship with at this point. Don't yeah, I mean, no look, that was, it's, I remember what it felt like as a fan that season. It was exhausting because of the Davis drama, because of DJ, because of all that. It just felt, and it felt weird that the guy who quit, the coach, like, why did he have to quit in the middle of the season? Why couldn't he wait to the end to announce wow. it? I, I never liked that part. And, of it. And, and to the mentality part, like, there is a difference between it being a college basketball player, even the best ones, and then being a professional, right? And I'm I'm guessing that's where like where forty year old Marco would say that to twenty three, you learn that in in your many years as being a professional. Right, right, right. You, you learn that because it is a difference. Like, um, professional, like you know, it's 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 now to feed the family. Right. And um in college like I wasn't getting no money. I wasn't getting no money well, for this. Well not so, in you Indiana. Know, yeah, not in Indiana, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> pretty much. I mean <laughs> so so you're not getting no money. And um you literally like um literally like what am I playing for? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like what am I playing? I'm tired of this this, this this BS. If I if I was we made a run and we was killing. I, you know, I was gonna continue playing, but I was literally like, "I'm tired, man. I'm tired." And it's crazy what you asked for because when I was at Auburn, I had Marquise Daniels play with the Celtics, play with the Dallas Mavericks, everything. He was the man, and I was second to him, so I was like, I wasn't tripping. You know, what I'm saying? I could just do my stuff. Now I'm at Indiana. I'm that dude. You know, what I'm saying no DJ, no Bracy. They quadruple teaming me. I'm passing these guys the ball. They still gonna. They may make it. They may not. We, when we had that uh, 60 game losing streak, I'm like, shit. I told my dad, I shit. I need to just take a fadeaway out of bounds. Hell, they gonna miss it by passing to him. <laughs> I might as well shoot it. <laughs> right. Look, they getting wide open shots and they missing it. Like, and and, and, and as a young guy, that frustrates you. And and in terms of what is also on your shoulders, we just kind of breezed right by it. You said you you had a daughter there. You know that that you, you you know you're a dad while you're an Indiana University basketball player. 
and yeah. and I I think that's something you know. Um, even one of the current players, Scoop, is is a father, and I cannot comprehend being a college student and having a child like. And married, how, I was married too. And married, like, how does that like just I got married. also? I got married in school. You know, how does that how does that play into the responsibility you're feeling? Man, um. You know when you see your daughter for the first. I don't know if y'all got kids. When you see your daughter, you, you got you got a yeah you, yeah you got a why why you do what you do. But at the end of the day, you're still a young kid. So you know you can you can fight hard for and do all this, break your neck and form and practice harder and try to. But it's like that year was like tired, bro. Just yeah. Tired. Well, I I'm, wait that stuff over. I'm tired still. Just having just having a newborn is. Tire. I mean, you don't sleep for a year, so oh, I just luck with can't that. imagine that. Real quick, what is your daughter's name? Amora. Killingsworth. Amora. You want to hear something crazy? She graduated high school this year in May. Really? Congratulations, That's crazy, man! Right? Oh, thank you. That's crazy, wait, right? But wait, Marco, Ooh, I, I had it my ask. last year. You're okay. you're a tough guy, and and we know it. But you're a dad, girl, a girl dad. You're a girl dad, and. <laughs> You're um, I screwed up. I screwed up. I'm tired. I'm tired. You're a girl, dad. You talked about how you were the first person in your family to graduate from high school, go to college, first of everywhere, of all those kind of checking off those big milestones. And now you have a daughter who's graduating high school. How proud of her are you? That's the, that's the thing. And you know, you know what's crazy? My my ex wife, she graduated college and I graduated college. I tell people, that's the standards. That's just the norm now, bro. Like, are you proud she graduated high school? To be honest with you, it sounds gonna sound crazy. No, because that's the norm. You just set the bar, so you got to at least graduate college. She's got to be a doctor. Oh, okay. It's a doctor killing work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my son, he was like. Well, you know, Dad, I'm gonna get through high school. That's a that's just that's the beginning. Like this is this is I can't I and I told my son like I can't praise you for that. That's normal. How you old's gotta your go son? to college. How old's your my son? My son, my son turned 15 in like two weeks. Does he who? We will turn 15. Man, I, I've been trying to get him, but he don't he don't like he's six seven. He played football, and he don't really like football. But I wish he played. He was one of them kids. That nah, you know, like he want an iPad. That generation, he didn't like sports. Now, kids are googling who his dad is, and he like dad. I want to play, and I tell people this uh, about uh, kids. I, it's, it's great to have, um, you know, you want to see your kid uh, do great things. I do, but I was one of them dad when I retire. I want to go to them AAU games. I want right. to go to high school games. I want to be fuck. fuck I want to watch my son kill, but he don't like. <laughs> he don't. He don't like. He don't really fucking like basketball. And now they like, oh, your dad played basketball. Why you don't play? Now you want to play it. I hate to say it, but it's too late. Mm. Marco, Are they ranking I, kids now at seven years old? I, I grew up addicted to basketball. I played my whole life. It's all I ever wanted to do. I played through high school, but I my last name isn't Killingsworth. It's Pankowski, and I don't live in the Ukraine. So I, I wasn't good enough. But I wanted a to have a boy that played basketball, you know, and go to those games. I wanted to coach him, you know, do workouts with him. Uh, right. My son, my son's in a musical called Urine Town. Okay, so that's <laughs> where that's where 
I had, you have to adjust as a father, right? You have to adjust yeah. and you have to learn to, to dr dive into the passion of whatever your kid's thing is. And so that's what we all have to do as dads. You know, what's crazy. My son was playing a tuba and I like, he answered that like that. And I, I mean, kudos to it. Now I'm to a point with him is like that part of my life where they had wanted him to play. I gave up on it. I mean, he's, he's in the ninth grade, well, 10th uh, grade. And I was like, Man, you can still turn around, but I said, I can't put that dog in either right. you want it or not. I mean, just be a good person. Be a good That's person. That's all I and, want to do. And, well, and find something like that music. He loves as much as you loved basketball, is, whatever is, it is. Is he still doing, is he still tuba? Is he still into the music? My my son changed like uh, changed like he changed his underwear. <laughs> he don't give a damn. <laughs> He's going to come up with something new. Daddy, I like this. Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want to do this. He changed well, he'll like the weather, so. He still got time. All right, so listen, your Indiana career is over. Look, I want to do another episode with you. You're too good. This is amazing where we just do your pro oh. career because, you, like you said, you played in 70 countries. Wow. We've got to um, we got to do another I episode. I ain't playing in 70 countries. I've been in 70 countries been back before doing this. Yeah, I've been in 70. Okay, but yes. we're going to do a separate episode just on that. But to finish this, we always like to talk to people. You did get to spend two years in Bloomington. We love Bloomington despite how cold it is. We won't have to talk about that. But what do you, a couple questions about your time in Bloomington. Do you remember like a restaurant that was your favorite? Was there a place that you loved to eat? Buffalo Louis. I used to love their fucking wings. Are they still around? Yeah, yes. better than ever. Better than ever. Oh. Buffalo Louis. But you know where I used to chill? I used to go to, I forgot the name of that, 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 that supermarket. Marsh? Um, Marsh. 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 <laughs> and they used to, I used to love cat, the catfish. So my guy, was working there. He used to fry catfish nuggets for us, and we was allowed to have like for dinner like fifteen dollars. So I used to go get me some catfish nuggets and uh, me a, and me a fucking Pepsi. And and I <laughs> man, I that was my dinner, man. I used to love. It. I used to. I didn't care for eating on campus stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I used to love that the, the marsh with the uh the catfish and buffaloes. All right. What was your least favorite class you had to go to? At Indiana. Um, see, I did all my core at Auburn. So Indiana was all elective. So it, was, it was fucking easy. I, I didn't care for the computer class. I didn't fucking care go. for that shit. Okay. I didn't care for that. But I, I, I man, I ain't going to lie, man. I enjoyed that stuff, man, from music appreciation to, to uh, uh, black Afro-American studies to – my anthropology class, and like, shit. If I could, if I could look back, man, man, I should have went to Indiana from the start. To be honest with you, yeah, straight up and down, yeah. To be straight up, because, but I wonder if I if I'd have went to Indiana from the start, but I would have been still the player I am. Because well, you Indiana. you also you also likely would have been in one of those prisons you're working in for killing Mike Davis. <laughs> yeah, Mike Davis, Mike Mike Davis, man. You know what? What's crazy? And I tell, man, you got more power than what you think. Because all y'all got to do is go to the university, uh, the president, and say, man, we can't play for this guy, or go to the AD, would have got rid of his ass. Mm. Coaches don't run shit; the players does. If all y'all said, man, we come play for him, man. We don't want to play for him. He got rid of his ass. Well, Marco, like it, it does seem like 
certainly in your time at Indiana and what we've talked about, that that you really took on this leadership role. Is that something you grew into? Is that just kind of ho- always who you've been? Was that something you continued as a pro? Like, hey, dude, you got to do this, and that's the only way this is going to work. Yeah. Um, at Indiana, it was like a baby step of me being a leader. And then, um, um, you know, Mike David had talked me into doing it. Like, I was one of the leaders that I'm going to do. You better watch me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I started playing professional, I remember playing in Israel with my one of my um, I call my OGs named Edu Kuchikaro. And he said, Marco, you're too fucking good. He said, Man, listen, all your 20 points, 10 rebounds, you go to every country leading and scoring, but you're not winning. Winning is all that fuck that matters. Nobody give a fuck about uh 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 you losing. And I and I tell people this, I say, why are people praise Kobe Bryant 81. Why do why do people praise Kobe Bryant 81 more than they praise Wilt Chamber 100? Because Kobe won. Hmm. That's hmm. the difference. Nobody give a damn about all these scoring points and stuff like that. If you're on a winning program, people know winners. And you just got to fucking win. That's all that matters. So I used to tell guys that, right, man, listen, I don't care about you scoring 20 tickets. I'm going to get mine anyway. We got to win, bro. That's all that matters. You want more money? You want more success? You want more? Uh, uh, we used to get, like, endorsements and stuff overseas. Because you want more billboards? You want more billboards than me? Win. That's it. So all that matters. Win. That's it. And I would tell, tell young Marco that, man, win, bro. That's it. Mm, I love that. Uh, favorite bar at Indiana or club? i tell you this. It was this guy. I don't his name Thunder. I forgot, I forgot where I know how to get to it. I don't know the name of the bar, but he used to hook us up. He <laughs> said he played basketball there too, but we come in there, man. And we had a couple of dollars, but he used to let us get a couple of shots and stuff like that, man. It was, it was cool food and stuff like that. We had all us pay a little bit or whatever. And, uh, but he, he took care. I said, Indiana, take care of Indiana, man. That, that's dope. That's really dope. Like, I forgot the name of the bar, but we used to, man, the year I sat out, man, I drank more alcohol <laughs> than I ever did at Auburn, man. Like, and I'm not, was not a drinker, but right. it was just people going to parties, to the fraternity parties and stuff like that. And I was, I had so much fucking fun the year I sat out because there's no pressure. Just go to class <laughs> yeah, and right. kick it. <laughs> kick it. Okay. It was fucking fun. So now, man. now the question goes to you. Now, you're walking down uh, a dark back alley and, uh, the, uh, you know, five drunken boilermakers want to start some shit. You, you could take them out by yourself, let's be honest. But you could pick one of your former IU teammates to have by your side. Sean to, Klein. Sean, Sean Klein. Klein. Yeah? Wow. Tell you why, Sean Klein. One day we had, we had 6 a.m. workouts. So you know, assembly hall was set. It was like a like a little dip inside of the uh, the front, right? So Sean was like, "Man, Mike Davis had us on some bullshit. Let's fucking running at six a.m." He slowed his car down and he ran into the uh, the ditch. <laughs> what crazy motherfucker would do that <laughs> <laughs> to, to get you out right here with me and let's go? <laughs> Just to hide from Mike Davis. Sean Klein. I'm playing with Sean Klein, man. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. great. Marco, I got to tell you, man, I, 
I have been looking forward and scared to do this interview <laughs> since we started this thing. This has been the most entertaining couple hours that I have had in a really long time. And I do mean this to be serious. Look, Indiana has not won a championship since 1987. We've only been to one Final Four since 2000. And, until since 2000. One, 2001, yeah. 2002, we, we went there with AJ. Yeah, 2001, 2000. That was my freshman year, yeah. Yeah, but... The year that you did come to Indiana, where it did seem like Mike Davis just said, okay, we're going to give Marco the ball every single time. The entire future of the program and the present of the program is on your shoulders. And you were awesome, man. You were so much fun to watch. You gave us great moments. You gave us a moment against Duke that everybody who is an Indiana fan that was alive and conscious at that time will remember forever. And even though you only had one year playing at Indiana, it was a meaningful year for many of us fans who look back on those moments and think of them fondly. I loved watching you in the post, your footwork, your strength, your skill. It was so much fun to watch. And I got to tell you, getting to know you now a little bit over these couple hours, I just love you, man. I mean, you are just so entertaining and fun. And I, it, it makes me feel good that you're doing well. I love that you started, a, you're, you're doing a security business. I love that you're in law enforcement. God bless you because our law enforcement deserve respect and admiration. And I'm just proud to be able to call you a Hoosier and be able to say that I talked to you for these last couple hours, man. I really appreciate it and appreciate what you did for Indiana. Man, appreciate it, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Anytime, man. Seriously. I don't be doing that, man. I be, and, and this is how I am. Like anybody say, he, you, you ask me a question, you're going to get it. Yes. Like I ain't going to sugarcoat shit. I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. If you don't like it, don't do the interview with me. <laughs> so um, I'm flat out honest. And that's how I feel like that's the way to be. Um, The only but, way to be. Yeah. But with, with, um, I wanted to do uh, Indiana have alumni games. Because I wouldn't well, mind coming back up there because I'm semi-retired now anyway. We got to um, come back. We, we got to figure back. out to get you and Earl up there at the same time and watch a Sean, game. Sean, Sean. I mean, like anytime you guys can start to figure out a, a game that would work for you all, we would love to help make that happen. Make sure people know you're there for us to be there because you guys are just too much fun and gave us too many good memories to not let that happen. I wish they had like a, uh, uh, in a summertime, like a, a freaking uh, like alumni weekend, ex player have a game on a Saturday night or something like that. And I just like to see just see the guy. Well, Eric Sewell, Eric, I heard Eric Sewell doing the um commentary. Yeah. I don't know if he's still doing it. Yep, yeah, he is with Fish. They do yeah, reunions um, every once in a while. And they I know do. why you want to do this, because you know you're in better shape than all yeah. the dudes you played with. <laughs> you just want to kill people. You want to kill them. You want to kill them. I mean, just alumni, just to be back around it. I tell guys, I was like, I had two knee surgery, uh, real, real knee surgeries. I still dunk everything. Wow. Um, but it'd be I a good would... time to get back. Just get back on campus. Just to see see stuff like that, man. Um, to be around the guys. That's what only thing I really miss about retiring, just the camaraderie with your sure. teammates. You know what I'm saying? You seeing like you know what's going on with him and his wife, or or back home, this going on, his kids sick. Uh, and to um, you know, you encouraging a person, and and who who takes shower pills, meaning they ain't gonna take a shower afterwards, you know, <laughs> after practice. So like like that's just a fun time, like like stuff like that. I miss, I miss about playing professional, just miss about basketball. 
Now yeah. it's like we go into the LA fitness in here, we play and then, you know, keep going with their lives. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I remember fondly my teammates and even in my high school years and that relationship, you just don't get that relationship get outside of sports. It, it just doesn't exist. So Marco, uh, you're the man. Uh, I will say that my favorite quote from this, and there are tons, but when I asked you about people being intimidated by you, your quote was, it's not my fault you're a pussy. <laughs> that really is not. the best thing I've ever heard. Really I love not. it. It's really not. It. I'm, I'm serious. It's not, like... it's not on you, man. It's not on you. Marco, be good. Uh, and and even though it's the new norm that you've set for your kids, congrats on your daughter graduating high school. That's awesome. Is she looking at colleges? Does she know where she's going next year? She wanted to go to Auburn. Her mom was trying to persuade her to go to Auburn. And um, she's like, uh, anybody really will give her a scholarship. She played volleyball and stuff like that. But she's, okay. she's like that. And um, she's, very, she's very smart. So to me, anywhere she can get a scholarship at, I ain't got to yeah. pay for it. <laughs> it's cool with me. You know? That's the win. That's the win. Yeah, it's the win. I don't give a damn where is that. Um, <laughs> It's just, just, just that, and um, like I said, I just want kids to be successful. Like you know, be be good people, man. Yeah, be yeah. a good person, man. That's all that really matters. Like, everything else really matters. Well, Money look, come, go. Relationship, go. be a good person, bro. That's it. With you, Marco. We're we're so glad you're a Hoosier, and so much about what this show we discovered along the way, starting with our very first guest. AJ Moye is that as much as we love watching you guys out on the court, uh, playing for Indiana University, getting to know you and you in particular is such a delight. And that now we can put this out to a lot of other Hoosiers who remember your your time on the court so fondly. Uh, this is just going to open them up to this whole new side of you that is delightful and entertaining and honest. And I'm sure they're going to be like Eric and I, like, oh, I can't wait to see Marco back in Bloomington. Once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier. And we're we're yeah. so glad that you are. I said, yeah, man, please hook it up and just let me know. Send me an email, like, what days and stuff like that. I just don't want to deal with that cold weather. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have it sometime in the summertime, man, and, and um, it'll be good for the uh, the city, everything like X. I mean, it'll it should draw a crowd, you know, absolutely. And, it will, yeah. All right, Marco, you be good, take care, man. All right, you too, yo. That was a guest, that was a guest. Well, I do know what I was expecting, and that wasn't it. <laughs> That was as entertaining of a conversation with a dude who is just an open book. I mean, like, there is no filter or no holding back on anything. I I had no expectations. And I know now that when people ask the question, they often do, What's your favorite interview? And I, I never will be able to pick one, but I know this is going to be one of the first ones that flash into my mind. I just, I mean, my God, heard stuff that I, the Mike Davis stuff was remarkable. I mean, again, our podcast, we get everybody's perspective and yeah. everybody has a different perspective and it's all true to the person who lived it. For sure. And 
we've had Mike Davis on our show twice, and he was great to us and gracious to us. And so I like Mike and am happy, but I hear his story, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can understand why that would drive you insane. Um, well, it's, it, it, it is creating – uh, with each interview, in particular with people from the same team, the same era, when you are getting these different points of view, it's just painting this 360 full picture of the messiness that is reality, that is life, that it is always through one person's point of view. But then we sitting back listening to it, observe it and and hear it from these different perspectives. It's almost like, you know, watching a film where the filmmakers like, well, here's this side of it. Here's that side of it. And you it's all to your point true from that that point of view and that's why oh there's there's conflict there's drama um when it's overcome it's glorious when it brings a team down it's tragic that you have different personalities with different objectives um different opinions it's it's endlessly fascinating to see where people are coming from 100% and I don't think we have ever had anyone be as honest with us about the recruiting process. Wow. <laughs> By the way, if anyone is interested, current head coach of the University of Tennessee, Rick Barnes, was the head coach of Texas when Marco Killingsworth was offered a job for his parents, a house, and a navigator. <laughs> just, just putting that out there. Just putting it out there. I mean, that's just what it was. That's a fact. That is who the coach of that program was when Marco says that that's the offer he was given and he turned it down. Well, um, his his mother turned it down. His mother turned it down. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I just uh, look, it ain't for the faint of heart. You no, know, that's that who Marco is. And it's just all out there. And if that's not your thing, then don't turn it off. What, what I thought several times through the podcast i'm like okay this is the first one where i need to check the explicit warning <laughs> like like really this is the first one we curse a lot yeah i know but i've always kind of been like well you know look people know what they're getting into there's there's cussing but when you talk about the the level of trash shock happening at the end of the michigan game i was like okay kids kids probably shouldn't be exposed to this uh we'll go it's ahead and check PC. that yeah, we'll check that box on this one. Maybe even put something in the notes. But, you know, for me, fantastic, fantastic content. And just honest, man. Just fucking honest. Like, what do we want to hear as Indiana fans? We want to hear, oh, you know, it's all, you know, I the school means so much more. And, and Marco is just like, look, for me, I didn't grow up in the state of Indiana. I didn't give a shit about Purdue. It didn't mean anything to me. Indiana State, it's just a basketball game. I care about the guys that I'm going to war with. I care about Ryan Tapak and Sean Klein and Earl and Vaden, like and Lewis. That's what he cared about, and he wanted to win for them. But there was also a selfish component that I need to do what I need to do to get to the NBA and and, and to get to professional, I should say, because he's had an unbelievable professional career well, internationally. But, but, I just but, love the honesty. I just love the refreshing honesty. Because he's not doing a revisionist history to paint himself in a better light. No. Of like pooping out in the Gonzaga game and, and you know, how he needed to become more of a, a leader about winning, not about, you know, 20 and 10 and these things that he would say to his younger self now, not trying to pretend like he was already a fully formed, mature human being at that point. Totally. Absolutely. Um, fuck. He's funny. 
he was honest um love that he's a sheriff doing like honestly doing work that is so important and 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 such such interesting perspective on that the difference between how sheriffs are brought up as opposed to police and you know i think that in how much that has been a huge part of our national narrative and conversation and debate and and vitriol over the last few years and and that seems like such a a simple thing that you know and you could i don't know look at the stats and stuff but i presume he knows what he's talking about like well this is how sheriffs are brought up and brought in before they're putting themselves out there in in the more dangerous situations i mean that's that's uh something i will think about for a long time yeah for sure i loved him uh and we will definitely do part two to get his professional career because i can't wait to hear stories of him living in israel i mean i just can't (laughs) wait i can't wait i just cannot wait uh Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics, no E, no I. But the, but the sometimes, sometimes W. No, it's Y. It's always why, Y. Why? Why? Sorry. Sorry. We'll see you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics.